Do you have constitutional questions? Get constitutional answers. We'll be answering your constitutional questions live, so get ready to call in now. Are you a prosecutor, law enforcement officer, or local government employee? Want to make sure you are executing the laws in a constitutional manner? Are you a city council member, township board member, or state legislator? Want to ensure the laws you pass are constitutional? Perhaps you're a citizen who wants to know the proper limits on government and the protections for your God-given liberties. Regardless of your role, call me, Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry, with your constitutional questions during our live call-in show now at the phone number listed on the screen. And remember, together we can restore freedom. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello, everyone. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Uh, this is Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry. I think my desk is still a bit too high, so give me a second because I feel like leaning back today, kicking back. Um, all right, so um, let me know, guys, if you can hear me. Um, and I have some general comments coming in. Um, a pig's daughter, Mile High Medic, um, and uh, Mile High Medic says, absolutely love your content. Thanks so much. Um, I appreciate that. Do have calls already coming in, um, so I guess I'm gonna try to do that. Give me a second, guys. See if this works. Hello, can you hear me? I can't hear. I can hear you. Oh, I'm gonna try. If you can hear me, hang on a second, because we were having an issue testing it out beforehand. Um, so, caller, if you can hear me. Give me a second. I'm going to see what I can do here. This is going to suck. It's going to... Can you hear me? Nope. They hung up. They must not have been able to hear me. So I've already had eight missed phone calls. Uh, and we just started. Um, I've already had eight missed calls of people trying to call the number there. Um, so let me... Um, I'm not sure what to do. You guys, you guys, this technology is nothing's working like it's supposed to. Um, makes no sense, but I got another caller calling in. So I'm going to see if this works. Can you hear me? I can oh, hear you. I got another caller coming in. <sighs> um, if you're calling from the 361 area code, um, I already have somebody that's trying to call in from the 248 area code and somebody else from the 269 and somebody else from the 715 area code. So give me just a minute. Um, I know that a little bit ago it was working for Mike to hear me, but it wasn't working for me to hear you guys. So I'm not sure what's going on. Um, so caller who is on the line with me right now, if you can hear me calling from 248 area code, 
give me a minute. I'm going to shut the whole thing down and not the, not the live stream. Now that appears to be working. I'm going to shut the whole phone line down and reboot it and see if that works. Um, otherwise, I'm going to have to try to be creative here. So give me a call back in in just a moment. I'm going to shut it down though, okay? And yeah, okay. Looks like our YouTube uh, stream is stuck as well because I saw other comments coming in from YouTube and that's not working either. So this is fantastic. Those of you who like what we do and like uh, having me uh, be able to answer questions for you guys um, of a constitutional nature, if anybody wants to, if you know of a really good uh, platform, oh, and YouTube is duplicating again. How am I saying that? Whoop, and that, whoops, sorry. How am I saying that? It says I'm saying that. I don't, I don't think so. She's always commenting on her name. Oh Lord. Okay. I'm not actually, I can't type. So if you see Catherine Henry commenting on YouTube right now, it's not me. I can't. I don't know who is. Uh, not Mike. Um, wow. This is, this is something strange. So if anybody has the, um, if you like the content, like what we do, and you want to try to help us uh, with some sort of other program that you want to fund, because I'm trying everything that I can that's in our budget, um, let me know. Um, I have two phone calls coming in right now. We're going to try the one from two, 248 area code. Can you hear me? So I can hear you now. Nothing is working here. Nothing. Can you hear me? What? Hello? There's somebody on. I can't hear them, though. If I can't hear them, I can't answer their questions. So this is, I have to try to, I'm sorry, just be patient with me. Um, I'm trying everything I can, all the different options in this headphone program. Okay, thank you. <sighs> I'm take my stupid headphones off. Because they're not working for crap. Wait a minute. What's changed? It just said it changed. Oh, good Lord. Are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Hello. I can hear you. Hello? No, somebody's still on. They haven't hung up yet. I can see that somebody's nope, there. I, can hear you, I just Catherine. can't hear them. So, how can I do this? Um, yeah, but I can't hear her. To, how am I going to have a dialogue? Help me out. Brainstorm. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> you want to translate? I already shut it down. Can you tell me? Oh, there's a delay. Okay. Um, well, okay, and then I have Lori sending me a message somewhere. 
I don't know what's going on with this. Okay, I'm going to try to do this. Um, I can't hear you at all. Um, so okay. good that you can hear me, but I'm not, well, what I was trying to do earlier, can I read? Okay, I turned these stupid things off just to see if that's going to change anything. I highly doubt it. Um, somebody's asking if I can read the questions. Um, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. Oh. I'm waiting patiently. Yes. Okay, I can hear can you. Can you hear me being. now? Hold on, I got to turn the volume up because now it's actually working. Okay, great. Okay, so those of you who are on YouTube, let me know how terrible it is if you guys can hear or if you're probably hearing an echo because I have to run it through my speakers and now it's going to, it's probably going to echo. But anyway, um, all right, so let me. Okay, so caller from 248, um, Michigan, right? Yes, yes, correct, Michigan. What part of Michigan are you Glad calling? Gladwin, actually. What was that? I'm sorry. What part of Michigan? I said I'm in Gladwin. Oh, yes, Gladwin. Gladwin, Michigan. Okay. Yes. All right, so. So I'm um, calling. What is your name? I'm calling regarding this for, my name is Karen Rose. Okay, Karen. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so sorry that it's been such a pain in the ass. Um, but what is your? Oh, question? that's okay. So I've been. Um, we're getting inundated by the Four Lakes Task Force. I'm not sure if you heard about it or not. Um, on what's going on up here with the dams that broke and so on and so forth, and that the Four Lakes Task Force was appointed by Dow Chemical. Um, now they're having this special assessment that we have not been able to vote on or anything that they're adding to our taxes over a 40-year period with 5% interest and that it's supposed to follow the homeowner. So in other words, if we go to sell our house, we have to pay off Four Lakes Task Force first. Um, commissioners aren't any help. Uh, they're voting with the Four Lakes Task Force and this special assessment. So now we need to have an attorney to try and fight all this. I mean, it's thousands of dollars that these homeowners and myself are going to be stuck paying, yeah. of which there's going to be several hundred people losing their homes. I mean, there's retirees up here and everything, and it's just, I mean, you just can't afford it. And it's just not right on what they're doing to the people here. And this is in the property around, is this the Wixom Lake area? Well, it's Wixom, Smallwood Lake, Seacord Lake. So it's all four dams that are affected. Okay. <clears throat> so what happened was um, the Army Corps of Engineers was going to come in and Four Lakes Task Force said no. So they have um, our property marked wrong. I mean, it's just a big, huge cluster. And now we're down to the wire um, to fight this. So just to give some other people, uh, viewers, a little bit of background, because I was in Michigan in, was this 2020 or 2021 that this happened? Uh, 2020, I believe. Okay. So I, I I just remember it was in the midst of all the COVID nonsense. And yeah. um, the um, there were issues with the dam. Um, basically the, the main one, uh, at the time was Wixom Lake. 
and essentially a dam broke. There, were, there had already been concerns expressed to the appropriate government agencies, yada, yada. L long, big story, but this is something where it's um, government incompetence at the best and malfeasance and other bad things, intentional bad things at the worst. And, yeah. um, and so there was a lot of downplaying it. Uh, I know that Dana Nessel's office, the attorney general in Michigan, was involved in commenting on it and essentially downplaying a lot of it. And um, uh, Wixom Lake essentially became, uh, well, a dry area. I know that my my parents have a property on Wixom Lake and uh, it got flooded, of course, and they had to gut it and start over. And now it's not on a lake. <laughs> so... Yeah, now it's a patch of weeds. Yeah. So you have something that you have properties that were um, <clears throat> substantially damaged by, like I said, either government incompetence at the best or malfeasance at the worst. And uh, there has been no um, uh, compensation to property owners for that. Uh, and so anyway, just to give those of you who are especially outside of Michigan some background knowledge, and again, this was happening in the midst of COVID. So what kind of resources were there available for, for people in Michigan? The governor had the damn state locked down. There was nothing available for people as it was. And, and most of the government offices, she illegally and unconstitutionally had shut down by executive order and then by emergency order because when we kicked her ass in the Supreme Court on the executive orders, of course, she switched her tune to those emergency orders. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's just to give background to the rest of you. Um, as far as what's going on now, um, I had only vaguely been forwarded, I want to say it was an email um, that somebody had mentioned about all this, and um, it was just within the last couple days. Um, the person who normally has um, actually for the last four years been helping uh, manage the main phone number and, and emails and whatnot has just had some big stuff going on in her life and um, unable to really, I guess, stay on top of all, all the stuff that was coming in. Because we get thousands of emails and calls and text messages and requests through social media and all kinds of stuff. And it's it's kind of impossible to stay up on anyway. Um, but anyway, so um, I just recently um, started taking over all those emails and, and phone calls and, and looking into things. And I came across one of the emails uh, from someone who I, I remember it was a single mom who said they were going to lose their home. Um, you're not the one that emailed about that, are you? No, it was my daughter, Ashley. Oh, okay. So We've been following you since... Um, the government, the governor locked down Michigan because of COVID. So I've been, my daughter and I have been following you for a long time. Well, I appreciate the support. Um, I hope that I've been able to provide some sort of help or at least encouragement along the way, because oftentimes I feel like oh, absolutely. I, I don't know that I'm doing any good. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, um, you have for sure. So what you have, um, you know, the initial, if your property was, because it sounds like you're talking about a little bit more geographical de details. I mean, I, when I met my husband, um, 
I was living in Midland County and my parents are in Midland County. Their main residence is in Midland County. Um, I was in the city of Midland with my office in the t in Midland Township. But anyway, so it's not that far from Gladwin area. Um, and so I know somewhat of the area, but I'm going to be honest, all the other places or lakes you just mentioned, uh, I, I don't have memorized uh, in my mental map of mid-Michigan. <laughs> so Yeah, um, that's all right. But my understanding is that there's probably a lot more properties now that are being affected by these special assessments and this this board uh, than actually were destroyed uh, by what actually happened with the dam in 2020. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes, that is very fair to say. Okay, so you have kind of two sets and there's like, if you think of a Venn diagram or those of you who always hated school and you might not remember what a Venn diagram is, it's the Olympic symbol, right? Overlapping circles, which I can't do very well with my hands. But anyway, um, so you have some people that uh, had their properties totally damaged by when the dam broke at Wixom Lake in 2020. Uh, you have some people that are um, uh, having their property affected now by the special assessments and the actions taken by the local government. Um, and then you have a, a class of people that are in both scenarios, both circles, doubly impacted. Um, as far as the, you know, and I've already mentioned this, but there, there definitely should be some sort of um, reparations. There should be some sort of compensation for the, like I said, either the gross incompetence or the malfeasance for what the government did that led to um, the damn um, malfunctioning or breaking in 2020. So that by itself, the government needs to step up and do something. But this new issue of how they're essentially trying to address the problem and, uh, and have this board, um, it's, I guess I, I wish I had more, um, I mean, it would be a full-time job just to figure out exactly what they're doing and really get into it and read everything. But for example, if right. you have a board, um, a board that is, you know, like a township board or a whatever, uh, a conservation board of some kind, any kind of board mm -hmm. that has any kind of authority, um, for the board to have direct authority, it has to be a governmental entity. And if they're going to be a governmental entity, I mean, I would say the constitutional way to look at that issue is that it has to be, if they're going to serve in any kind of legislative capacity, they have to be elected by the people then, uh, apportioned by uh, who, who they're representing. Now, you said right. that it's they've been appointed by um, Dow Chemical or Dow? Yes. Yes, they were appointed by Dow. We did not, we the people did not vote these people in to uh, head up Four Lakes Task Force or anything. We have not had a vote about what they're doing to these dams, how much it's costing, how where their funding is coming from, if any. I mean, they are very vague on all of their information. Property lines, all of that stuff are inaccurate. I mean, people are <laughs> upset, they're pissed. It's like, Do they I have mean, public meetings? They had a public meeting on the 15th, but it was pretty much a joke because after the public meeting, they voted to move forward with it anyways. So now the commissioner's uh, vote is on the 6th of February 
So after that, we have uh, 15 days to fight this, and that's it. If not, you know, I mean, and then people are saying it's going to cost us thousands of dollars to try and get an attorney. Maybe you can get a ghost letter written in your favor, you know, so on and so forth. But, I mean, they're basically placing people out of homes, you know, $30,000, $35,000. Some people are $90,000 because they have bigger properties. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, and I don't even know how people can get away with this. I just don't understand it. Right, especially when you had federal funding, essentially, that was offering to come in and address the problem and the state turned them away. Um, that it's, yeah. Um, and I apologize to those of you who are on YouTube um, that have been commenting recently. Um, I'm. I'm not able to, I try to watch what's going through the chat and pay attention to the phone call at the same time. And this one's got my mind going so much that I can't pay attention to the chat tonight while the phone call is going on. Maybe I could do better with the next topic that the next caller talks about. But um, so, yeah, it's it sounds like perhaps that this um, task force is more of, they don't really have authority on their own but that they're making recommendations to um, to the county commission board um, and that it's the county commissioners that are then voting to, you know, whether to move forward with projects or not. Does, does that sound like it might fit with what you're telling me? Yes, it does. Okay. It's so, um, so what's, what really sucks, and this is this is a problem everywhere. It's certainly in Michigan, but I think it's honestly a problem in every single municipality and county across our country, is that you have people, especially at the the local government, um, city and township and and um, county level government, who most of the time, I never thought I would say this. I think it backfires to some degree that they're not politicians. And here's why, because they then feel that they're in over their heads. And then when they have recommendations that are brought to them, they don't question. They don't second guess. They don't read every okay. damn word on a piece of paper that is presented as part of a packet. And if a packet is presented to them with a recommendation and it doesn't seem like there's enough documentation or evidence to support such a recommendation, um, they don't stop and say, wait a minute, we can't even have a meeting talking about this recommendation until we see what went into the decision to make this recommendation. When I served on Georgetown Township's board um, in Ottawa County, uh, which I did until I moved down here, um, mm -hmm. I don't mean to throw them all under the bus, but I think at times I felt like I was the only one that read every single word in our meeting packet. So that meant if planning commission uh, had voted to recommend that we take a certain action, I went through and read not just what the recommendation was, I read the documents that they, and the minutes from their meetings to figure out what happened in their meetings and what, what information did they review to get to the point of making that recommendation. And so I think oftentimes you have people that are, it, it, not that it doesn't happen at state and national levels, but it's for different reasons. It's more of being bought and sold 
and that's the problem of being a politician. Um, but when you have people that serve on local governments, a lot of them, even if their heart is in the right place, they're uh, trying to use clean language here, but I just, I'm so ticked and I got no clean language. They're chicken shits and they don't have the gumption and the balls to stand up and go, wait, I might be the only one on this board or the only one in this room uh, that feels this way, but this seems inappropriate to take any action because I don't feel like we have enough information. Um, they don't read every single detail to figure that out. And the reason why I'm belaboring that point is, you know, I didn't have very much uh, of, of the details before this call. So I don't know, you know, I can't say exactly what's happening, but I have a feeling, especially for those of you who don't know, who especially live outside of Michigan. Um, and you said this is Gladwin County Board of Commissioners, right? Yes. Gladwin Correct. County is very tiny, relatively speaking. So those of you who live outside of Michigan, you've heard of Detroit, you've probably heard of Grand Rapids, you've heard of Lansing, you've heard of Ann Arbor, um, you know, you might have heard of, you know, Marquette or Houghton Lake or something where, you know, it's touristy, Traverse City, something like that, Cherry Festival. You've probably never heard of anywhere in Gladwin because it's in the middle of nowhere and it's small. Yeah. And so when you have something that small, you have, um, you just, I don't know. I think people are a lot more um, susceptible to being bullied into, well, this, this big firm says this, or, or, you know, Dow put all these people into place with all these areas of expertise and, and they, their you know, professional expertise says that we should do this, this, and that. So this is the plan we got to go with. Or they might have something like Michigan Municipal Corporation or whatever they called. And then, yeah, I can't even think of what they are. Um, and, you know, they would be the ones going from municipality to municipality, small and big. You know, I was serving on a planning commission in the city of Belding, a town of 5,000 people. And uh, they had whatever it's called. Was it, does that sound right? Michigan Municipal Corporation? Am I losing my mind? Anyway. It's a, it's a company based out of, I think, Grand Rapids that, you know, writes their, the city's um, master plans and essentially writes their, their, their codes and their ordinances all across the entire state. And they're not attorneys. They probably have some really shady overpriced attorneys, you know, on their um, payroll, but they're not attorneys. Mm -hmm. The people that came in and worked with our community did not have the experience of, of the fallout of what kind of things that they were doing. What, what is the legal fallout? What is the financial fallout? And, and so it's, it's really frustrating because again, back then when I was on the board, you know, 10 plus years ago um, in that small town, I was the only no vote on a lot of things. I'm like, this sounds great, but we need to have more, you know, input from the community. We need to have, uh, we need to worry about some of this language that's in here because we're just adopting, you know, in large chunks, this recommendation. And then, you know, that's just because it all sounds good and it's got a nice pretty bow on top and it's got this overpriced. Oh, M Michigan Municipal League. There we go. Not that I could say the word municipal today, um, but Michigan Municipal League, MML. Um, and, and they do all kinds of trainings, this company. They do all kinds of trainings for uh, people in municipal and county governments. And so anyway, our our vote when I was on the DDA, uh, Downtown Development Authority and the Planning Commission, um, our vote 
to rec if the board recommended to do something, it went to city council. And then city council, how many times do you think that it would go to city council and they would say, oh, well, you know, the planning commission or the downtown development authority worked with Michigan Municipal League and, and they recommended that we take the course of action that MML suggests that we do. But I don't think we should because it's going to cost the taxpayers too much money or it's not in the best interest of our citizens. Whatever. They went along with it every single time. So I think the best route that you had, do you say February 6th is the next meeting for Gladwin uh, County Commissioners? Yes, that's when the commissioners are voting either to move forward and charge all the homeowners these astronomical fees on top of our taxes. Right. <clears throat> and then we have 15 days after that to uh, get some legal action going hire attorneys or whatever and go from there to fight it. So I think um, what you So if we can stop them from voting yes and vote no and right. stand with the people, Yes, that's what needs to happen. I they need to stand with the people, not stand with all of these idiots on the Four Lakes Task Force because they're stuffing their own pockets. Yeah, yeah. So, um, two things i think you have to do both at the same time because of such a short time span um okay. I, I think what you should do is um get residents to have some sort of truly cohesive way to connect so whether it's you know through like an email blast or whatever i really don't like relying on things like facebook because a lot of people have opted out of that um, and so, right. so then you're duplicating in other efforts, but you know, whether it, maybe it's a website people can check. Um, but what I would do, I would suggest email cause everybody's got email. Um, I would get something together where you guys, you, you have some core people, some core residents in the area and you're getting people together that are like-minded and want to stop this. And then, um, mm -hmm what I would do is write a simple petition that's more of like the, the, the um, beginnings to a contract where you guys are saying, you know, we, the residents of Gladwin County um, don't, um, you know, we disapprove of the action that's being recommended by the Four Lakes Task Force. And uh, we are concerned that our, um, county commissioners are going to move forward with imposing these astronomical um, special assessments that's going to literally put most of us out of our homes. And we agreed to work together to um, obtain legal counsel. Now, I don't know how many uh, residents are actually impacted, um, but if you could get everybody humanly possible that is impacted, um, to essentially sign on to this, I'm going to call it a petition, it might make it easier then to go to um, legal counsel and say, hey, you know, we have, you know, the more people, the better, right? I mean, if right. you have 500 people that are signing on saying, we're willing to contribute towards the costs of, of what this um, is, you know, what, uh, what this is going to cost for a legal bill to fight this. Um, you mm -hmm. could go with that to an attorney and say, you know, I, we don't know how much this would cost. This is a complicated situation. We have to move very fast. 
um, but we have essentially pledges from this many people that are willing to contribute something that hopefully can at least get the conversation started. Um, maybe an attorney can say, okay, well, I'll do it for whatever the amount might be, five, $10,000 flat fee. And then people know, okay, well, that means if we have 500 people, that's whatever. I'm not even going to do math. Right. Um, right. But, exactly. But at least, you know, um, and maybe do a secondary list of people who live outside of the county who are willing to financially contribute or contribute in some other way. Um, so I would start doing that right now because you want to plan for the worst case scenario. But at the same token, right. um, that's kind of a long shot in and of itself. So um, I would make sure that you guys, are, how many county commissioners do you have in Gladwin? I believe it's like 10 or 12. Okay. Well, I think it would be overall. It's probably 11 then. Um, okay. Because it's been a while. Um, but I think uh, I used to have all that stuff memorized. But I want to say that it's probably, it's probably something like 11. But I, I want to say it's always an odd number. I mean, unless you have a vacancy, oh. but then they're supposed to fill that vacancy within something like 30 days of the vacancy. So you probably don't have a vacancy. Um, so what I would do, though, is, um, well, I guess your list, right? Your list of people that you're building for the attorney purposes. Um, yeah. You should also have something on there where there's maybe like a, a checkbox or something where um, people will indicate whether they're willing to call uh, or email or physically stop and visit uh, a county commissioner or several. And okay. all, all three of those can be very impactful. Um, and and they're all they're all different. So um Whoever's calling from the 361 area code, um, I appreciate you being patient. I know that we've spent a little bit of time on this phone call after all the technical issues that we've had, but I want to at least close this issue out. So if you could call me back uh, when we're done with this call, I would love that. Um, whoever just called from that 361 area code. Um, so uh, at any rate, the um, I would work, you know, Get a, get a list going as soon as humanly possible, so you you know for sure. And then say it is eleven. Um, uh huh. Okay. You know, if you have a hundred and uh, hundred and ten people that sign up, hopefully you'd have a lot more than that. But if you have a hundred and ten people signing up to support the cause, then if I'm doing my math and it's been a crazy day, I think that means ten people could be devoted to each commissioner. You know what I mean? Um, oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. So that, I mean, however you want to do it, but I mean, if you say, right. okay, these 10 people, you guys have commissioner number one, uh, it's Susie Q. Here's her phone number. Here's her email. Uh, she works at the public library during the day or whatever, the, whatever. Um, and so, okay. um, I guess that would be a conflict of interest, but you get what I'm saying. Um, right. So, exactly. Okay. Uh, she works at the car dealership, the Ford car dealership on M20 or whatever it is. Um, and, uh -huh. um, and so here's the information on how to get a hold of this person. Make sure you are contacting them nonstop. Now, I would be very careful that you have somebody that can coach people on how to be very effective in your communication um, because you want to have the information you need, but you don't want to have too much 
and you don't want, right. don't be, you know, don't let people become verbally abusive. Don't throw insults. Don't even sound, you know, have people sound like they're being insulting. Have people um, being patient, but persistent, you know, kind, right. but respectful, you know. Uh, so it's a balance. It really is. But uh, you, you got to have. Uh, whoever's calling me for the 219 area code, give me just a minute to finish this up, please. Um, but anyway, you, you have somebody that can maybe, um, you know, just kind of give and and do like a, a Google Meet or a Zoom call or something like that. If you guys, well, it's all in the same county. Maybe you guys can go ahead and have a, a physical meeting uh, with people. But um and you know what, if you have, if you get, you know, a few dozen people or a few hundred people that are interested in how to connect with people and just want a few quick tips and tricks, I can even try to, to participate by, um, you know, online. Um, if you have somebody oh, okay. that, that has some projector or some other way that, you know, you can broadcast it where, you know, people can all show up physically and, and, you know, whatever, participate. Um mm -hmm. But um, I'm a wee bit far away to be able to make it there in person, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, just make sure you right. have somebody that can try to give some, uh, say, to a certain degree, common sense uh, suggestions. But just so, so you guys can be very impactful. Um, and anyway, trying to work on those. And, and you know, you got to have people out there that are pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, making calls, texts, you know, put, you know, make a Facebook group if you don't already have one just to start getting word out and saying, hey, if you're interested, you know, you know, send an email to this email address, you know, set up a Gmail account for, for the effort. Um, something right. Like okay. That. So, um, anyway. That sounds good. Those, those are all good pointers. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry to take up so much of your time tonight. No, no, I, uh, I'm sorry that we had so many technical difficulties. So I'm thank you, uh, thankful that you were patient with me. Um, so I guess I'll jump on to the next call, but, um, let me know if I could be of assistance and, um, you know, I can't represent you. I just don't have enough resources, but right. if I can help coach you at a session or whatever, just let me know. Thank you so much, Catherine. I have the utmost respect for you. And thank you for talking to me as long as what you did. I really appreciate it. No problem. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. I just noticed there was another call come in and I was going to grab it. Um, holy cow, we've had quite a few. I could call one of you back, but then I feel like, oh, there we go. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, what is your name? Tom. Tom. Okay. And where are you calling from, Tom? Central uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Sorry. My husband's chair squeaked uh, <laughs> too much. Don't move. Don't okay. breathe. You said somewhere in Wisconsin? Central Wisconsin. Central Wisconsin. Okay. Are, are you, you got to answer this for me then. Are you a Packers okay. fan? Uh, I have to be since I live here. <laughs> it's a joy. It's an honor. I mean, I was born I know. in the UP and it is an okay. honor to be a Packers fan. What are you talking about? I mean, well, we got to, we got to root for Detroit now because, uh, you know, Packers are out. So we got to, we got to support our division. So I will say, oh, he's, see, my husband's got this dumb shirt on, but 
My mom knows that I'm a Packers fan and have been since, well, since my grandma raised me that way. Um, oh, my gotcha. Whole life. Uh, but 10 years ago, my mom decided to get that from Mike for a Christmas present just to stick it to me because they don't really care about national football. Neither one of them do. Right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I don't. What? No, my grandma didn't tell me. So it doesn't matter. I'm always a Packers fan. Okay. Anyway, just had to get that cleared up. Um, so much talk about the law. I have to think about some things that make me smile, and that would be watching the Packers play right. uh, or being at Lambeau Field. So anyway, okay. So what kind of constitutional issue do you have going on? Well, um, actually, um, I am a official candidate for mayor in my hometown. And one of the things that I've been researching is how to make sure that our city's policies are actually constitutional. So I have I've thought of a way to do that um, through basically requesting to do an internal audit as soon as I'm sworn in office. Um, I know I'd have to you know, suggest like a third party that I have no connections with, um, but if that audit were to come back saying that our policies are actually unconstitutional to Wisconsin, what would be kind of the next step from there to make sure that our policies are either erased, rewritten, or, you know, made more constitutional? I'm actually going to back up the question because I don't think you have to have somebody that is a totally disinterested third party, so to speak. Um, I would say you have a constitutional attorney, uh, or if you can get to or whatever involved to um look at the issues and go over ordinances or whatever you know substance it is that you want reviewed um the fact that you have you know some sort of business relationship or whatever connection with uh, an individual doesn't necessarily mean that they're unable to give you the advice or you know provide a report so to speak because what I would caution right. you on is just like what we were talking about with the last call, um, anyone in local government, I mean, any government, but it's especially um, a problem in local government is that there tends to be this, this notion of, well, I have this professional telling me this, giving me this recommendation. And so I have to go with it. It must be true or whatever. And regardless of who you have giving you the recommendations, my my personal recommendation is that you um, thoroughly go through every single aspect of it. Now, if it were me, if I had been on the Georgetown Township Board long enough and we weren't simultane simultaneously battling COVID and literally having long arguments during board meetings about whether we're going to appear in person because the chicken shits on the board with me didn't want to appear in person. They wanted to appear by zoom only and other unconstitutional things. Um, right. uh, had we had, you know, the bandwidth to, to really go over things that we, that I would have liked to, I would have wanted to do the same thing, but I wouldn't have wanted to, I personally wouldn't have voted to bring in an outside person of any kind, another attorney or, anybody because we the people now granted i realize i am not only an attorney but a constitutional attorney saying this but we the people have the ultimate control and authority in our government it's we the people who um 
essentially are, are deemed as the authors and, and signers of our constitution. It's we the people who, you know, as far as state constitutions go, it's a little bit different by state, but generally speaking, it's we the people who, like uh, Michigan constitutional amendments or Florida constitutional amendments, those I could speak to exactly because um, I know how the process works in each, but if there's an amendment that happens, you know, the legislature can propose it, um, but it has to be voted on by the people. A majority of the people have to agree to modify the, the state constitution in that way. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. So it, right. it's and of course, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. So um, I think I'm a strong proponent of don't rely on attorneys because, first of all, you never know who you're going to get. Number two, it's expensive. And how many municipalities really have the funds that it takes to um, to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on legal bills. And if you do, you're taxing your residents way too much. Um, right. So, and how many attorneys are are able to just donate all their time pro bono <laughs> to a municipal cause? Right, and that's, that's part of the issue that I have is that, um, obviously our city attorney, she's in question as far as she, if she's giving correct information to the actual council and administration. And then the other one is that just like in Michigan, you had mentioned the MML. Yeah. We also have uh, something else that's very similar here in Wisconsin, the League of Municipalities. And the executive director of that organization is actually the former mayor of the town I'm running for. Okay. So I know because he was basically ousted by the public because they were not actually satisfied with his, his leadership, now he's in a position of where the current administration is, is following his advice. Even, even though he's not the mayor, he still has control of our town. Yeah. So I know that I want to cut ties with that, but as a newcomer to the administration, um, if voted into office, I'm going to have, I guess what you would call the good boys club to basically fight against me. You're going to have an uphill battle. That's what it is. So whether it's right. intentional, um, I'll say wrongdoing, uh, of more of a purposeful good old boys club, or it's what we talked about before, where it's people who are, you know, easily bullied into the wrong decision because they're afraid of the outcome, or perhaps they just don't have enough gumption and enough um, mental stamina to do all the background research on all the issues and ask the tough questions and be willing to be the one person that might vote no on an issue uh, just to do the right thing. That, that happens, all those things are gonna be the cards stacked against you. But what I would suggest, one of the things that might be easier, you know, more palatable to other people on the board is um, if you, don't, if, if there's a way that you could maybe start, um, so for example, if you want to start somewhere, you got, you got to start somewhere. So if you're going to start reviewing your, um, your ordinances in your community, um, what I would do is literally go, um, yourself. I would, I would read through every single ordinance and I would just kind of get, your get your bearings about you figure out what's in there yep. what feels right. right what feels wrong and kind of start from there and you know have a fresh copy of things that you could highlight just for that project just for that purpose and start narrowing things down uh to be able to have questions on 
And what I would do is encourage your board members to your fellow council members to be doing the same thing. Um, and really what I would do, sorry, I'm getting distracted because somebody else is calling. Um, my, my thing wasn't giving me any notifications and now it's just beeping nonstop at me. So, um, right. so, and I have so many thoughts going through my head right now. Cause I, I have a way that I would do it, obviously, if it were me. And I'm trying to break it down. Right. Though, is this realistic for somebody who's not a constitutional attorney to do? But I, if it, let me just put it this way. This is what I would do. What I would do is um, I would go through, and, and it depends on how many ordinances that you have. So if you have a very overwhelming number, then I would break it down into reasonable chunks. And I would say, okay, listen, I've reviewed, you know, we have 10 chapters with each with many, many things. Uh, I've reviewed the first chapter and I would like to call the attention to and, and ask, you know, put it, get it put on the agenda. Uh, well, if you're the mayor, I guess you'd be the one setting the agenda most likely. Um, right. So I would put it on the agenda as actual, you know, action items and say, okay, and, and even put it in full, you know, type that provision and say, this is a topic that seems concerning to me. Why are we doing this? Uh, it, right. This seems like it's violating Fourth Amendment right um, protections against unreasonable searches and seizures, or this seems like it's an unreasonable taking. Uh, do we have the right to do this? Uh, this particular, whatever it is. So I guess back up and say, you need to really look at um, the first, you know, the first 10 amendments of the U.S. Constitution and, of course, the 14th yep. Amendment. Have those... Yep memorize the best you can and then do the same thing with your state constitution it's been a long time since i've looked at the wisconsin uh state constitution so i don't have any recollection of it but uh it's probably like average like michigan like florida quite lengthy do your best to really work through it and see what protections are there and maybe just highlight things that jump out at you that okay ooh, municipal governments you know, we can't do this, you know, it's in the liberties section or declaration of rights, you know, we can't do these things. Oh, and, and you know, usually around chapter seven or eight of a state constitution is where you see um, specific things about municipal governments and the powers of municipal governments. So are you going beyond what the state constitution allows a municipal government to even do? Just because there's a state statute right. that lets you do something. If the state constitution says, nope, you can only do this, this, and this, then you can't go adding on to it just because the legislature has decided to do that. So right. Um, anyway, so I guess so, I would start so you would So you would recommend that, obviously, on day one, uh, my, I guess my fast and furious type attitude towards this would be to actually, you know, institute a executive order on day one to have an internal audit on our policies or our ordinances. Would that I, work, or is that something you still have to break it down each individual would, one? And yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could call it an, an internal audit. I don't know that that's necessary. Um, I think what, and here's an idea that just came to me. What if you make it as an action item where you're having, you have a whole advisory committee of, of your own residents? You open it up to anybody on the board, oh. anybody who's a resident in the community, anybody who owns a business or owns property in the community, that they yes. could be part of this. And you guys will go through 
and 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 so plan it out between now and and when you would take office so that you know you have a plan okay so you know this month we're going to cover chapter 1 of our ordinances this month we're going to ch- cover chapter 2 and whatever and break it down into bite-sized chunks and yeah. and have a space where it makes sense to meet i you know some places have this a, a regular place that they meet for city council meetings and some places don't um, but have a yeah. place that makes sense for people to meet. Um, have a lot of, you know, those big, um, uh, I call them big post-it notes, but, you know, where it's like a big poster board size, but, you know, you can yep. put it up on a chart. Um, I like those more than a whiteboard because you can keep the the pieces of paper. And if you have the ones that actually are sticky notes, then you could like stick them around the room on windows or walls or whatever as ideas are shared or concerns are shared. Um, maybe consider having a, a dedicated, um, I don't know, uh, some sort of database, whether it's like an, an email or um, just some sort of a, a website, a, a group. It depends on how technologically advanced your community is, what you guys could pull together, but a way that, you know, a forum basically where people could um, express some concerns or ask questions in between these meetings, you know, to really get yes, over- involved. I'm glad you brought that up because over the last year, since uh, February of last year, I actually ran a Facebook page called uh, um, the Concerned Citizens of My Town. And I've gotten over 550 uh, local residents that are part of that community. And it is it is from the feedback of that community that actually made me decide to run for office. And how so many it, it is directly. Say again. How many residents are in your community? 18,000. 18,000. Okay. It's a fairly sizable number. Um, right. So, yeah. So I would have some sort of, I always hate to suggest something like Facebook as the main hub for communication because a lot of people don't do that. Um, right. Or they miss the notifications or whatever. I'm just, I'm never a fan of that, but there's ways that you can make, you know, WordPress websites and, and have, um, you know, set it up kind of like it's a, People can sign up to have a username and password or whatever, and then they can log in and they can comment or whatever. There's all, all kinds of different ways that you can have uh, very low cost and sometimes free um, hubs of communication for those kinds of things. Um, okay. But it, at any rate, um, when if you're doing this as as a municipality with 18,000 people, there's got to be some sort of fund somewhere. But generally you get a lot more people willing to jump on board and participate or at least not oppose if you're not spending tons of funds in trying to do something. Um, right. And somebody, computer doctors on, on YouTube says, Facebook will shadow ban you if they figure out you stand for freedom. Yes. Uh, they, well, they do that to me. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they've done it to me too. I'm also a YouTuber, so I've had over 100,000 individuals on the YouTube channels that I've had. And... Uh, the same thing is uh, I was able to reach quite a few people, but then as time went on, um, you know, they just lose interest when there's a posting every single day. Um, so I know I've reached a lot of the community, but I've also put on um, small business type groups to inform them of the plans that I would actually do as mayor. Um, I've reached out to different associations like landlords or yes. realtors associations. Yes. Um, a lot of them don't necessarily like me because uh, we're right now we're using the utility fee to pay for a lot of projects. And in the state of Wisconsin, that was actually deemed to be un- unconstitutional here just recently. 
Okay. So we have to go back to the special assessment programs. Okay. And that that basically makes the realtors kind of uneasy because that means most of your business uh, or commercial properties are going to go sky high in taxes. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's not like you sat on the um, the uh, Wisconsin State Supreme Court. So, I mean, no. if you're suggesting that we follow the Constitution as uh, as, I don't know, explained by the State Supreme Court, I'm not sure why they would think that it's all you're doing, but I mean, it is what it is. You're going to have people, the more you fight for freedom, the more you fight for freedom of information, uh, the more you're going to have people opposing you. Uh, so, right. I mean, it's just people don't like change. People don't like to give up power. People don't like to, I mean, they they, just, they want to keep things the way they are with the people that they know in power and, and they don't want to change anything about that. So I right. would, not to say that you can't hire an attorney but I wouldn't necessarily go the route of treating it. It's almost like when your questions started, it almost it almost sounded like it was starting like it was a case, like it's a the prelude to some sort of a lawsuit. And I would say that's not necessarily where you need to go because as a board, as a board, in fact, um, there was a town somewhere in Wisconsin. Um, that was recently, gosh, I can't remember all the details, but I had seen it through. It YouTube. was Mauston, Wisconsin. What's that? It was Mauston, Wisconsin. Where they were um, declaring certain provisions of their codes unconstitutional. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the, the town of Mauston, uh, the board there was, uh, they were kind of taken over by the state because there was so much stuff going wrong. And then there was the town of Buchanan. Wisconsin, they're the ones that actually took that lawsuit for the utility fee to the Supreme Court. Okay. Well, I guess my point with that is, you know, you could be, a, you know, a city or a township that's got 300 people. You could be a, you know, a county that has a, a 2 million people. It doesn't matter if you're on a board, if you're on a municipal or county board of any kind, you have the same duty to follow the Constitution as, as any of the rest of us. And attorneys right. don't, by and large, attorneys don't know the Constitution better than the average person. Now, they know laws better than the average person, but most attorneys don't know what's really in the Constitution. They might remember what a case says about the Constitution. If they're a family law practitioner, they're going to remember, you know, what t termination of parental rights case was deemed you know, unconstitutional or, or what you have to do in a property distribution setting, because that's what the state Supreme Court said or what have you. But most attorneys are remembering what the Constitution was explained as by either the U.S. or state Supreme Courts. Most attorneys don't really know the Constitution. So I don't like to push people to getting the advice of attorneys when it's true, hardworking, average Americans, whether you're a farmer, teacher, retired, stay-at-home mom, garbage truck driver, whatever you are, doctor, dentist, it doesn't matter. It's your job as a citizen to know what's in the Constitution and to pay attention to what your government is doing. And so I would open it up to it's the, the ultimate responsibility should be shared with everybody else on that city council with you as well as all of the residents 
And, you know, whether somebody agrees with you or not, the whole purpose of a representative form of government is that they have a place and a mechanism, uh, a clear mechanism where they, they know what the agenda is, they know what topics are being addressed, they know what the concerns are, they have a place where they can go and share their thoughts on that topic. And you can just kind of break it down like that because just having an attorney, I mean, I could do an audit for you, right? I could do an audit. You guys could hire me. Oh, I could get paid for one. Um, no, but you, I could do an audit for you. Um, I mean, I'm licensed and, um, you know, admitted to practice in the United States Supreme Court. So that should be good for something, right? But at any rate, right. and I went to law school and uh, I was living in Lake Elmo, Minnesota, which is like literally right across the river from Wisconsin. But um, yeah. So at any rate, um, you know, I could come in and do an audit and, and give you this full report and say, okay, um, I would venture to guess that I would, if it were me doing it, I would say, hate to tell you, but 79% of your content in your ordinances is blatantly unconstitutional. I've highlighted which That's what I'd like to hear. Well, That's what I would like to hear. I would, and normally I'd say much higher, but I would try to keep it a little bit lower just so it's more palatable to the rest of the board. Right. But, but even right. so, what would be, um, so when I represented a municipality in a situation in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, um, it was, I had a specific task that I was doing and um, they were firing the manager, their city manager, who was doing all kinds of illegal and unethical things. And yeah, we city, did that already. <laughs> their city attorney was in on all the shenanigans and all the bad stuff. So they hired me as outside counsel just for that. And then you would have people that would come in and try to argue about, you know, every little thing. I mean, questioning everything about, well, where did she go to high school? Where did she go to law school? Does she even have a makeup stuff that makes no sense? Because they, they they didn't really care about the substance of what I was saying. And then even after my work was done and I had billed something really small, like $200 an hour or something like that. I mean, a very small amount for what I was doing uh, and the amount of hours I was putting in in such a short period of time. Then you had uh, people on the board as well as residents that were digging their heels in saying that I shouldn't be paid for that. And, and I, sh you know, I should have to do this and jump through that hoop and do this. And I should take a discount on my services. And I'm like, for a municipality? Are you kidding me? So it, it, my point is that it's, it, it's, you could have a good attorney who's going to give you the truth and stick to the information and let all the other garbage fall to the wayside. And even in that time, then you're going to have people that are, oh, well, then it's the attorney. And then they're going to fight against the attorney. If you don't have right. an attorney, if you have it be a conversation with everyone on the board and everyone in your community, then you have buy-in, especially more so with the people in the community. And then the people on the board, if they're not stupid, if they see that you have a vast amount of the community supporting this work and what you're trying to do and trying to make things constitutional and eliminate what's not, then they're going to get on board because they don't want to be voted off. They don't want to have their power stripped from them. They don't want to be called names exactly. on Facebook because that's what exactly. it's all about. I mean, it is. Yes. And that's, so, that's what I hope happens. <laughs> that's what I hope, you know, I can, uh, uh, I've got obviously the interviews coming up with our legal women voters here um, next week and also the radio stations and that's the proposed answers that I'm going to give that our public doesn't get enough feedback 
into what how our municipality is actually working. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, League of Women Voters, the enemy, by the way, the enemy. I mean, sometimes yeah. things come out good with them, but if you're going into an interview with them, just expect that you have to CYA the entire time. Every word you say better be bulletproof because I wouldn't trust them. So, yeah. anyway. And I'm a woman yeah, voter. Imagine that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I appreciate the answer. Um, that has given me a little bit of uh, enthusiasm to continue on with my, my endeavors here as running for mayor. Um, I'm hoping that uh, so far the people I've talked to in society that have signed my paperwork in order to even be a candidate, that's exactly what they want. They want the change. They want the stuff to be more constitutional. So hopefully, hopefully I can voice that for them and they'll show up at the polls in the spring and vote me in make sure that you have people friends kids neighbors people from your church that are going to be calling all the registered voters to make sure that they're going to get out and vote for you on election day because even the most well-intentioned people they kind of let some of that stuff fall by the wayside and they're like oh shoot i missed that i didn't make it so right right all right. Well, good All luck. Right. And so I assume you're the person that I was chatting with in a in a comment on one of my recent um, videos on YouTube. Yes, it is. That was me. Okay. Good. Um, otherwise, there were two people that had the same set of questions, so that was going to be quite interesting. But anyway, right. um, well, I appreciate you calling in today. Uh, don't hesitate to call back with other questions or things that come up. And certainly, if you win the election, don't ever hesitate to call and ask questions because my goal in life is to help make sure that uh, the people understand how to hold government accountable, but that the government itself knows what their job really is to do here. Right. So. I'll definitely be doing that. And if even it's something I can't get passed by the board, it'd be coming out of my own personal mayoral money. I'd, I'd pay for, for the citizens to get their constitutional rights put back in place. Appreciate it, Catherine. Yes, thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye. All right. So I know that we had um, somebody from 361 area code, somebody from a 269 area code. Um, I think those are the main ones that had called in. So if you guys, one of the two of you wanted to call back, and I'm assuming I'm not even looking at the rest of the numbers. Oh, no, we had somebody else from a 248 area code. My bad. I wasn't really looking. Um, six nine. Here we go. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, is this uh, Catherine? This is Catherine. Who am I speaking with? Oh, uh, my name is uh, Tom Costello. I don't use my last name because uh, I, I used to. I, I'm a good. I'm a parishioner with uh, Ryan Kelly. Okay. Who is running for governor but i'm not using his name for anything i've known the family for five years i've had a problem here uh, i know who the judge you've been dealing with baldrin um yep. yeah you can call him whatever you want he doesn't uh, and i'm not going to get what you called he um i was um illegally what happened was the sheriff's department uh put me i'm sorry i'm listening to your live stream right now Okay, well, give me a second. So, can you mute the live stream? Because I, yeah, that's what the feedback I was hearing. I thought it was on my end. Um, yeah, I just, I just did it. Also, and yeah, you, I'm, you said your name is Tom, right? Yeah, Costello. Okay. So, yeah. um, 
first thing I wanted to say is um, thank you so much for answering. This is a godsend. And of course, you're always in my prayers. Um, you had a gentleman on the live stream that was uh, talking about uh, uh, grabbing land or something like that. I've got a good friend that's a lawyer from Oregon. His name is Ron Gibson. And if you want his phone number, he's, he talks about allodial rights and land patents. And you can do that anywhere, but you have to be specific on your words you say. You have to be specific because there's two meridians in the United States of America. I'm not a U.S. citizen. I'm an American citizen of the United States of America. I'm not a sovereign citizen. There's no such thing. You know, you know what I'm getting at. I do. When I go and into, I'm going to tell you, yeah. I, we got to change the topic because I totally disagree with that whole line of thinking. We, the, I, the, all the capital no. letters and the, the nonsense, I don't buy into any of it. So I, oh, no, I'm, that's, that's not what I'm getting into. I, I tried to, when I was uh, thrown out of my house with my family, I started reading law. I started reading the constitution and the, and the U.S. Supreme Court laws. Well, so when I I want to give yeah. our, our viewers a, a little context. So are you calling from Allegan County? Yes. Okay. So because it um, I'm actually some yeah. people that don't know who Judge Belarjan is. Um, those of you who maybe recently found me, um, there was uh, if you go to my website, the very front page of my website, RestoreFreedomCage.com, you'll see a couple of different videos. It's about the, the day that I, well, the day that I was the only one in U.S. history to be arrested and then elected on the same day. Um, but I was arrested illegally and unconstitutionally in Allegan County, Michigan, in Layton Township. And it took almost two full years to get that case dismissed. Most of the time, the judge uh, involved was Judge Belarjan. So that's who Tom, our caller, yeah. is talking about. So that's Allegan County, Michigan. It's uh, southwest, uh, basically west side of Michigan. Uh, Allegan is, um, I want to say straight south of where we were living in Hudsonville. Um, it's just south, it's south of, um, it's south of Holland. If you, if people are looking south of Holland and south of, um, M40. Okay. So I just wanted to give people that, that context. So, cause we have people all over the U S that are chiming in on the chat and that call every now and then. So I just wanted to, um, to... Yeah, I, I had a, I had an incident where uh, I passed. I, 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 what I did is the sheriff was had his uh, cruiser. I was illegally arrested. I was having a, um, an asthma attack, so I pulled over, and the he comes flying at my car and says, "I, you know, he says I want to see your uh, uh, this, this, and this," and I was like. Ooh, ooh. I was having an asthma attack. I said, please call an ambulance. He wouldn't call the ambulance. He went back to his car and then he comes back and he, he draws his gun on me. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to breathe. And he, what he, and what he did is, uh, he, he finally, when I tried to calm down, I says, get your supervisor. And what he did was, um, I ended up getting arrested illegally. I says I do not cons I do not consent to any you know searching this and blah blah blah. I didn't have my camera going because uh, I didn't have the camera working on the phone. I didn't have the phone at that time, and I got put in jail for over the weekend. And they said he said that I tried to run him over, and I, I he tr I tried to um, 
cause physical harm to him. And uh, I was resisting. I I know some people probably have questions, but in Allegan County, Michigan, as far as I'm aware, they still don't they don't have dash cams and they don't have body cams. So for those of you who might have been ready to type that, well, get the body cam footage or get the dash cam footage. Uh, they claim they don't have it. Trust me. Well, I when I went to, myself, you're, you're, you're correct on that because when I went back after the, uh, because I says, I'm not, they gave me a pathetic defender or public defender. And all he was doing is doing his little eye movement with Baldwin. And I says, I says under, I says, uh, I said, there's no due process in this court. No, so what he did is there, there was 200 people in the courtroom. He took the, he took the um, uh, court reporter, the digital court reporter, there's 200 people in there and he, and he ran off the what you call it. And I'm permanently disabled. I'm in a wheelchair. So what he did is he went out, he disappeared to had four sheriff's departments, take me in a wheelchair and arrest me for three hours. <laughs> so, but what I'm getting at is when I went to go look at the uh, police, uh, when I called to file a complaint against them, the sheriff's department, female sheriff's department lady says, I wanted to talk to the IA people or, or the um, um, attorney, uh, affairs, yeah. internal affairs. And what happened was, is she says, you have to get through me before you get, you, you can do this. And I was like, what the heck's going on here? So, but anyway, I just, I just want to know, I'm trying to expunge this stuff. How do I expunge this stuff? Well, that's my question. Yeah. Expungement is a a statutory process in Michigan. It's been quite a while since I've looked at the law. Um, I want to say it's going to be in, uh, it's either in chapter 600 or chapter 750 of Michigan, um, statutes but i it's been a long time since i've looked um i i vaguely remember that it was it was fairly easy fairly short statutes to read um and honestly going to this the state's website the legislature's website um just go to okay. michigan legislature um, once you get to their official website there's a search bar if you search for keywords um, just type, I mean, type all versions of it, expunge, expungement, whatever. Um, I do believe you'll be able to come up with the um, the statutes that would be involved that way, based on my um, recollection. And like I said, if, if they haven't changed, I mean, the legislature is, you know, so full of themselves, they're changing all the statutes every five minutes because, you know, they think they get paid by the word. But at any rate, they um, if they haven't changed very much, I recall them being fairly easy to read, fairly simple in terms of how many steps there were uh, and, and what it would take to get an expungement. Now, what I don't remember is if it was easy. So, you know, the first step, it might have three steps, but the first step might be something that's, you know, an astronomical mountain to climb. I don't know. Um, but it is all statutory. Now, if you... What, um, when was, I assume then you have a, uh, did you have a trial by jury? No, no, I, I had a plea out because I'm permanently disabled and I, I, I've got a seven bulging disc. I've got uh, my whole body's fractured from a workman's comp injury. Well, and what the legal questions and legally, it doesn't matter what all the things are that, that you're about to go through. What legally matters is whether 
the, the, the first question you got to ask is whether there was um, a finding of guilt by a jury, a finding of guilt by a bench trial, or in other words, a judge, or whether you pled guilty. Now, if you pled guilty, then you have significantly less opportunities to uh, address what it is that, you know, the negative consequences of that action. So what year was, did you plead guilty? It was approximately uh, 2018. 2018, okay. So now- Yeah, about November. If you go the route of expungement, again, this is off the top of my head, so I could be wrong on this. This is why you'll need to look up the actual statutes. But um, what I recall is that the passage of time actually is beneficial in terms of going the expungement route. So the longer period of time that you can show that you've, you know, whatever, you've, you've changed and you've been a benefit to society and you haven't had any more um, uh, convictions and you haven't had any more arrests and yada, 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 all that stuff would be beneficial in um, an expungement uh, request proceeding from what I recall. The reason why I was talking about um, the time frame, though, is because uh, this is, I guess, more so going to be for others, um, just if you have similar situations. If you want to fight, if you have a case um, like our caller that um, is similar, except for you you fought it all the way and you had a jury find you guilty or somehow a bench trial and the judge found you guilty, um, there's certain things that you have to fight right away. And there's very short amount of time a time frame to appeal and to do that, but your your main mechanism for fighting it, your best mechanism for fighting it in those situ those two scenarios, is going to be an appeal. And um, if any of you are in that kind of a situation, you have questions about an appeal, uh, go to my website and type in the word appeal in the search bar, and you'll see a variety of videos and documents I've put out about appeals. Um, but I've done um, documents specifically talking about in Michigan and in Florida, th what the court rules are for appeals and how the process works in, in both of those scenarios. And the biggest thing to keep in mind is that um, the best issues you can raise on appeal and, and have a chance of winning are going to be constitutional. And there's certain ones that are so important, like subject matter jurisdiction. If the court had no subject matter jurisdiction to hear a case, you can raise that at any time. They can't stop you because the court, what they did was null and void. So I did that. He wouldn't listen to that. That's when he threw. That's when he ran off the bench with the uh, court reporter and two with two hundred people sitting there going, "Who is this guy sitting in the wheelchair?" Wait a minute. Oh, and so then, Judge Ballard he doesn't want to hear an, uh, a motion to dismiss based on lack of subject matter jurisdiction. What? Well, he ran, he, ran, he ran off the bench and took the court reporter and she turned off the clock because everyone was listening to this. He didn't come. See, I didn't go back in the court because what they did is they took four sheriff's department guys and they wheeled me out of the courtroom and they says, you're under arrest. And I says, I beg your pardon. Yeah. But again, but again, since I don't know you and it would have been nice if I would have knew you, you know, known you uh, seven, eight years ago. I would have hired you if you were for hire, but you know, I'm just by myself trying to learn the United States constitution and the U S Supreme court laws, which he's, he's breaking constantly. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. In fact, if just for, if nothing else, um, if you can use it somehow, but I got cops, I got cops pulling me over all the time sitting there. They pull me over and they go, Oh, you're fine. 
And I'm like, excuse me? They do a Terry stop for, for, for 15 minutes. They're running my license plate and they're going, oh, you're okay. I says, you know, that's an illegal. Pr-. I says, you know, that's against the uh, United States Supreme Court law. And I says, I says, you can't sit there and pull me over. I says, what's your reasonable suspicion, artic- uh, articulated suspicion? He wouldn't answer. He just took right off. And it was from, and now this is from Ottawa County. I mean, it's both. It's like, it's like tag team. They've got stuff written in the computer from these judges and all this stuff. And I'm on the pooper scooper list and I'm trying to stop this. And this has got to end. So I'm filing, I filed stuff with the, um, I called the, um, uh, the uh, ADA rights and uh, civil, civil rights. And that's still going on. I, uh, well, Judge Bellarge yeah. also denied my disability rights as well. He denied my accommodations under the Michigan um, uh, Civil Rights Act and the uh, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, you name it. But sure. if you want to see the kinds of things that Judge Bellarge himself did, go ahead and look at my website. Uh, go to the resources tab and you'll see the case with Allegan. And you'll see all kinds mm-hmm. of briefs of things where I identified exactly, if you read my procedural due process appeal, you'll be able to see exactly the kinds of bullshit that Judge Belarjan did to me. Uh, how about this one, for example, February 4th, 2021, I show up to court on my motion to dismiss and he doesn't let some of the people that are, he knows are there to support me in the building. They don't let him in the building, in the courthouse and you get to the, court, the courtroom and he doesn't let anyone, I had an attorney there with me, a standby counsel in case, because of my hearing disability, in case the dumbasses were all wearing masks, which they were, I had standby counsel with me who was prepared and ready to go to assist me. And he refused to let the attorney in the courtroom because I kid you not, he said, I don't want any witnesses in here. Witnesses to what? That you're gonna violate more of my rights than have already been trampled upon? So it, I, it went downhill I, yeah. from there. He said I had no yeah, legal I, right to to file a motion to dismiss. I was like, you, you're you saying I have to potentially face jail time if I'm found guilty of these ridiculous charges, and yet you think I have no right to file a motion to dismiss, especially based on constitutional violations by the law enforcement officers? I think not. So he's a piece of work. It, Yes, and it's the same thing. I what, what I did is, uh, uh, Miss Henry is. Uh, I'm sorry, Catherine. What I did is, um, I, I matter of fact got uh, Ryan Kelly involved in this one, uh, and I had a talk with them. I said um, I was going to. I got a. I got a ticket in um, uh, Ottawa County, and 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 this guy, Judge. Um, oh gosh, what Canole, uh, another pooper scooper. Uh, I'll put it nicely. But what I did is, I, I brought my own uh, court reporter in there. I says, you have no jurisdiction. And he started effing me off on the bench. I says, you have no jurisdiction. And like I said, he, he, he kept my case four hours. I had to sit there on a out outside for four hours. I says, you're violating my ADA rights. I says, first of all, I I'm, I'm deaf and I can't walk. You know, I have the same situation as you. And I says, you're playing, what he was doing, he started playing around with the, um, the voice, the volume control. Yeah. Well, they did a lot. Oh, of it's, it's, that- oh, it's, it's, but, but see, I've got hash marks because these judges, and then all of a sudden I've got a, um, what I was going to get to you is, is they threw a, he threw a, um, uh, what do you call it? A, what's the, uh, word for it? Um, uh, because 
my holistic doctor because I've got um, because I, I I couldn't even walk for ten for ten months. Um, and what happened was is he oh he threw me he wrote a letter and I I faxed all this stuff to him got the fax report from my doctor doctor's note in writing from her almost like it's a, like an affidavit or something but she I sent it there he says that now I'm going to charge you with a misdemeanor. So now I got a misdemeanor on me. I mean, does that mean that I'm I've got a warrant against me? Um, no. Just having a misdemeanor charge against you doesn't mean that a warrant has been issued. Is that and that's okay. in Ottawa County? Yeah. I mean, do I have to do I have to quash this or? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to get into certain terminology. He he had the nerve in front of uh, my court reporter said. Oh, you must like to watch YouTube. I said, excuse me, I, I objected to everything he said. I says, uh, for, again, you do not have jurisdiction. I says, number two, I says, why do you keep, why do you get vulgar with me and let the record reflect that when you have no jurisdiction on here? And I says, motion to dismiss. And I said it three times. He wouldn't even listen to me. I says, I says, I can't, I can't, you know, my body couldn't take this anymore. So then I went and appeared before um, she's her, um, the other judge is with a B, but she had a volume control. She had a headset that I could use. She says, we don't want you to come back here and sue us. I says, I'm already going to sue you. I says, you people are pathetic. I says, you people are criminals. Well, that actually what, brings, what, it brings what, me up to uh, something that I, I've been meaning to tell people. Um, people have been asking sure. about my Allegan County case and um, my lawsuit against the, um, I've been saying from the from the day I was arrested, from before I was arrested, when they were threatening to do that, I said, okay, all of you are going to be held personally responsible. That would be the three deputies that physically put their hands on me, the sheriff who mm -hmm. was on the phone with me while I was being arrested. And the mm -hmm. chief prosecuting attorney who apparently gave her blessing for me to be arrested, as well as the two district court judges in Allegan who are part of the shenanigans, and the one circuit court judge who is um, outright denying my appeals with no understanding of the law or the Constitution at all, just a blithering idiot. I've warned them all that I plan, and, and it ended up being five prosecuting attorneys out of that office, not just the chief prosecuting attorney, but four other prosecuting attorneys out of that office that touched the file in some way and each just kept burying me with ADA violation or, you know, violating my ADA accommodation requests or anything else. Um, sure. So I've told people that I was going to sue them. And the problem is twofold here. Um, it's going to be mm -hmm. threefold. Um, I'm going to be approaching a statute of limitations issue. But um, the in the meantime, what's stopping me is that um, I simply don't have the bandwidth to file a case like that myself, and I have been unable to find an attorney willing to take them on. I've had attorneys tell me there you go. The, all kinds there of different go. stories about, yeah. you know, the, the whatever. The, it's It makes sense, but they're worried that the recovery is not going to be significant enough for them to take on that kind of a case. I've had another attorney tell me that he's running for public office and there's going to be some some ethical issues with him taking on a case where he's suing um, judges at, at that same time overlapping. I get it, but it sucks. Um, and other mm -hmm. attorneys yet that just don't quite understand the constitution and, and the source of our rights and that these nincompoops need to be slapped upside the head with a lawsuit that will actually stop them from doing this to other people. So there's that side of it. So if you're an attorney 
and you know somehow catching this video and you want to take on my lawsuit uh, I have all the laws and all the facts thoroughly briefed and available on my website. All the pleadings are there. Everything I filed in the Michigan Court of Appeals, in the Circuit Court, in the District Court, you name it, it's all there. Um, but also, there's a funding issue because even if I were to do it on my own, there's just like I was representing myself in the entire defense of the criminal case. Yes. And I have, yes. I, I should have looked it up. I was going to look it up, but I want to say... It's somewhere between $5,500 and $6,000 I have out of pocket just, again, that's not paying an attorney. I didn't pay myself for the hundreds of hours I put in on the case, thousands of hours. No, that is literal out of pockets that I had to pay in court filing fees, um, transcript fees, DVD request fees, you name it. It was just out of pocket fees to the court system to be able to defend my rights. So um, that is, I mean, I had multiple versions of appeals going to um, the circuit court. I had a substantive due process appeal, and then I had a procedural due process appeal. And then uh, that they each went up to the Michigan Court of Appeals. So you had four sets of appellate. Oh, and then I had in 2022, that was 2021, 2022, I had to start the process over and then file appeals when my right to due process, uh, speedy trial was denied after eight separate trial dates were scheduled without me having ever one hearing with the notice and opportunity to be heard on my trial being moved yet again. So at any rate, for those of you who know about that case and have been, you know, urging me to take them on and sue them and try to get some sort of justice here so that they are thinking twice before they do it to anybody else. Because if they're going to do it to who they know is a constitutional attorney who had already taken on the governor and the AG and you name it, Clearly, they're not afraid to do this to anybody. If you want me to continue pursuing this, I I still haven't even had enough donations to cover the $5,506,000 I've already paid on this. I'm going to need that times two or three because I'm going to have to be involved. When it's a civil case, there's depositions. There's court reporter fees that are going to be in the thousands. There's all kinds of things that are going to be additional expenses that I didn't even have yet when it was a criminal case and I was um, as a defendant. Because, for example, you don't pay motion filing fees in Michigan when you're a defendant. In, in Michigan, though, when it's a civil case and I'm the plaintiff, if I want to file a motion, there's going to be motion filing fees. And you better damn well believe there's going to be motions because I'm sure whoever the other side is going to be to representing these jerks is going to do all kinds of things that are unethical and illegal, and I'm going to have to fight every single aspect of this case. So at any rate, if any of you want to see me pursue this case, it's going to take more donations about that, which there's a specific place right on our website to donate to that. Um, and it's going to take um, other support and help, whether it's from another attorney, a paralegal, a dedicated paralegal who can at least help me. So I'm not, um, I just don't have the bandwidth yeah. to do that case on my own. So at any rate, um, I do, um, I did. If I got, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Keep well, going. I was, I, I was going to say something for 30 seconds. Okay. This is what this does is this records left me homeless. I've been in a car, living in a car because I can't get an apartment because of what they wrote up on me for the court charges that I went after a police officer when I'm permanently disabled. And, and, and he says, I'm running. I was going to, I was going to run him over with the keys in the off position on the dashboard while I'm having an asthma attack. So 
I'm visiting a friend's, you know, I'm, you, you know, using his what you call it. And I found you about a month ago. And I was like, I wish I'll tell you, I was in tears when, when I heard your, you know, you, you screaming, I don't care whether you're male or fe- especially a female. When, when I says, these are, these are the same idiots that would sit there and play tag team behind my car, traveling 60 miles an hour behind my car, trying to play tag team with me. And then they go speed off, you know, to try to intimidate you. Yeah. But anyway, if I can, if I can, one of these days when I win my court cases, I'll tell you one thing, I would love to give you more, some donations because thank you for your kindness and everything. Uh, it's like I said, I'm just trying to live day by day. And this is, it, people don't realize when you have to live in your car and it's 40 below zero, it's, it hurts. But anyway, Catherine, God's blessing. I'll say prayers for you. Thank you. And thanks for calling in. I hope I was able to be of some encouragement or, or assistance to you in some way. Oh, you were. It's like I said, uh, thank you for your kindness. God's blessings. All right. Call in sometime soon. Wow. I wasn't expecting him to make me tear up about that. Way to go, Tom. You just laid it all out the last few seconds after that long call that you're in Michigan, record lows in a car. That's... um. I would have loved to get more contact information so we can see if there's a way to to have people reach out to help you because, uh, I mean, certainly in West Michigan, I know thousands and thousands of people. Um, Anyway, uh, if any of you happen to know who this Tom guy was uh, and you can try to get something going to connect to assist him, uh, please, please do that. all right. It looks like Jason is getting Jason is getting ready to call me back. Um, sounds like Jason might have been one of the other individuals that was calling. Um, and um, okay, so um, sure, Rick Martin. I don't know what you want to go live together about, but we can certainly go live together at some point. You and I don't always agree on the, how to get the job done, but I think we always agree on what the main goal is, and it's to secure our God-given liberties and get those tyrants out of our way and put them in check. So definitely. Um, I can't believe it's already been an hour and a half. I wasn't planning on being on here this long. And holy cow, I've had a ton of missed calls. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You see this? You see all these? I can't even count that high. Um, I think who did we have last? I think that was the seven three four number that just spoke with me, and I think Lori was trying to get a hold of me. Have you been? Um, okay, so I'm gonna take a second until we get that Jason individual calling us back. Um, okay, I'm checking. Okay, so Jason was asking an hour and a half ago what time we wanted him to call in. That really changes based on how many calls we're getting. Um, guess I should change. There we go. Now you know you can call in. Um, and Deborah Berry. Oh, um, Lori is uh, working hard to copy and paste stuff that's coming in from Facebook. So the way that the message came through, it looked a little weird, but, um, anyway, hello. It is good to see you. If you're still there, Deborah Berry, I was over an hour ago. Um, 
Oh, did he just try to cough? Did it not work again? That's what that's... Mm. I can't. It's recording me. Okay, Jason, I'm going to try it. Um, I will get back to the messages that were coming in. Um, but Deborah Berry, if you're still there, I think about you. In fact, I was just talking about you the other day. Um, my heart goes out to you. Uh, it's insane what these idiots do. Anyway, I'm going to try to call back who I believe is someone named Jason. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice message. I was shunned. Uh, oh, it looks like it's because he was calling me at the same time. Maybe. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, okay. Goes to voicemail, he said. Sorry about that, Jason. It did not tell me that you were calling in. I was on the other screen. I'm going to try to give you another call and see if that works. time i got you is this jason i got you yes ma'am okay and so what um what state have you been calling me from today uh texas i'm down a little north of corporate just because just me is it really hard to hear him can you hear him okay there you go can you hear me now uh, that's a little bit better yeah I am right. hearing, and this is not normally, I normally have bone conducting headphones that I use, but those weren't working. So, um, uh -huh. so from Texas, I have uh, somebody else I know from Texas, um, somebody I happen to be married to. Um, but uh, anyway, so please tell me why I've been seeing different, I don't know anything about the situation other than <clears throat> people are telling me, hey, you got to take a call from this guy. So what is... So awesome. That How I, far back do you need me to go back? Oh Lord, well I I don't I don't know. But it's been going on for about two years. Okay. Okay, so I I own a fitness center in Texas, and I had the fire department come on my property without my permission, and they did an inspection. So my gym is memberships only. You got to have a key access to get in. They waited for a gym member to go in, went behind him. <laughs> They've inspected my gym before and they just call me. I let them in, no big deal. So I was kind, nice, called them and said, Hey, y'all can't do that. You know, next time call me. And then their chief emailed me, said he would take care of it, you know, discipline the fire department. <clears throat> well, an hour after he emailed me, he emailed me right back and said that they can do whatever they want for this policy. They can go on my property whenever they want and they do it to everybody. And I wrote him back and I said, That's not uh, how the Constitution is written. That's not how it works. Here's your case law. And he basically told me that I was against the uh, fire department and I didn't like them and I wouldn't do whatever they wanted me to do anyway and kind of like blew me off. So I went to some council meetings. <clears throat> I was very nice, polite. Talked to him for about two months to get some help on, you know, their fire marshal and their fire department come to my property. And after about two months of asking them, they uh, came in and to my building, to my gym, with and threatened to kick in my doors with four armed cops to do yet another inspection. Long story short, they wind up doing five inspections in three months, roughly, and you're only supposed to do once, one every two years. So they were definitely harassing me. Right. Uh, <clears throat> the code enforcement guy got on my side. He actually told him it was wrong. Uh, they threatened to arrest him. He wound up quitting and leaving. 
And uh, a couple months later, they criminally trespassed me from my entire town. I wasn't allowed to go to any public property. If they even found me on the sidewalks, I would be arrested. That lasted for about three months. And uh, I don't know if you know C.J. Grissom, but C.J. Grissom's my attorney. He got involved. Wait, wait, wait. And uh, he got that. Say that last. What about the sidewalk? Say that whole last little thing again, because it sounded big and it was very quick. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they criminally trespassed me from my entire town. Uh, they even even the city secretary was asking questions. You know, where can I go? Where can I go? And basically, I couldn't even get on the sidewalk. If I got on the sidewalk, they were going to arrest me for criminal trespassing. They did this because the councilwoman said I threatened to kill her and threatened to bring guns to the council, which that never happened. What it was was a Facebook meme of Tom Hardy holding a gun, and they used that to criminally trespass me from my entire town. <clears throat> Did have a hearing? I, yeah, it's crazy. No, no. <laughs> this is my 15th pretrial for them raiding my gym and giving me See, I'm an EHNS global director, so I deal with codes. And they came in and wrote up all these fictitious codes to my gym, and I've been fighting them for about two years now. And we're on our 15th pretrial. They're trying to make me round of money is what they're doing. <clears throat> it's mind-blowing. But to have the, a, a criminal trespass, um, that's a whole separate case. Did they file an actual separate, separate criminal trespass no. case? No, 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 nope, in it. No, ma'am. And everybody in the city has been asking them, what did Jason Fallowell do wrong? Show me the evidence. And they keep blocking me because the DA has labeled me a criminal because I had a code violation. And I'm sorry, I skipped. When they came in in March of 2022, the guy came to my property without permission. He wrote me up for three citations. Two of them, he was right. And I agreed with him and I fixed. The third one, he was completely wrong. And I said, no, I'm not fixing it. And then they kept back, come back and harass me, harass me. Long story short, right before my court case for that one was it was June 21st, 2022, or it's going to court. They already knew I was going to beat the case. So 10 days prior to that, they had that same code enforcement guy come to my property and try to find something wrong to get inside my property. And I had a wooden pallet against my wall outside, and they used that as a rubbish code violation. And that's how the cops came to my door, wanted to kick in door and do a full other, other inspection because of a pallet outside. Yeah, Which is not a violation, by the way. Well, even if it is, um, we have a few things. Um, the Fourth Amendment, which protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. The Fifth Amendment, mm -hmm. that protects us against unreasonable takings. Um, the Eighth Amendment, that protects against mm -hmm. um, un, you know, unreasonable or excessive uh, punishment. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on, of course. The Fifth Amendment. I'm with you. Amendment, I, I beat them. I, uh, I beat them on the warrant. Process. I mean, the whole thing. <laughs> oh. Well, I beat them. I beat them on the warrant and they appealed it. And now I'm going to another court. I didn't even have an attorney yet and I beat them on the warrant. They had no probable cause. The, you should have seen the, the, the judge that was taking the case was rolling his eyes at the prosecutor. Like, are you really trying to prosecute this guy over a ballot? And they got thrown out, but then they appealed and went to uh, another, went to our county court now. So that's what we've been dealing with me and CJ Grissom, so, which is our next court date the 31st. Is that, when was that issued? Uh, October 2022. I would love. It to might have been see. September. I'm sorry, September 2023. I, to, I, I believe see. somewhere around there. Yeah, I'd love to see that actual court order because, um, just I mean, you probably know this. I'm guessing, but for those of you who don't, and you're listening to the story, and your mind is just blowing at all the ridiculousness here. What everyone needs to remember is that, first of all, number one. 
the U.S. Supreme Court does not hand down law. So there's no such thing as case law. Judges are not allowed to make laws. But uh, that's what our legislative branch is for. But um, case precedent has firmly established for the last, I don't know, 70 years or so. I can't even do math. 60, 60 years, 59 years, something. I want to say 1965 were um, a series of cases that made it very clear you cannot, and these came out of civil rights cases where um, black individuals would go into, say, a library and sit in the white section, um, and that's all they would be doing is sitting there in a public building and not causing a disturbance, not doing anything uh, wrong otherwise. And oftentimes it was a criminal trespass charge that was brought. And what the court cases um, that came out of that established or made clear anyway, is that you cannot... You cannot give someone a criminal trespass charge for being on property that is open to the general public at the time that they're there. So, for example, I, not that I agree with this, but there's um, there all the parks around here in Volusia County and Ormond Beach, anyway, that I've seen. The parks have hours, and you can't be in the parks past certain hours, which I totally disagree with. But anyway. So let's just say that's legit for a minute. What they're saying is the park is not open to the public, you know, um, dusk till dawn. And so if I go to the park during the dusk till dawn time frame, then in theory, I could be given a, a criminal tr trespass charge because it's not open to the general public during that time. Now, I was charged in the Allegan County case that we've mentioned a bit uh, tonight. I was charged, my main charge was, um, and the only charge for the whole first year until, uh, anyway, that's a whole other story. But anyway, the charge was criminal trespass. So I was charged with criminal trespass on government property, on township property. Um, and so it's, it, which was, it was the parking lot. It was open to the general public. And, and there was no dispute about that. So... Um, except for the morons thought that they could tell anybody not to be on the property. So apparently they don't think it's open to the public. So just so that everyone knows whether you're someone who, you know, has been, you know, okay so far. And all of a sudden you find when there's new mask mandates being put into place, you don't want to wear a mask and you go into a public facility and then they try to, all of a sudden you find yourself criminally charged with criminal trespass because you weren't wearing a mask or you didn't show your proof of vaccination with the COVID poison or whatever the situation is. If you were in a, it doesn't even have to be a government facility. You could be, you know, at a, a grocery store, Meyer in Michigan or Walmart in the South or whatever. You could be in any place that is open to the general public and they can't give you a criminal trespassing charge because you are not committing a crime just by simply existing in a space where all members of the public are allowed to exist. Now, if you are disturbing people, you're disturbing the peace. If you are getting in the way of people being able to transact their business, if you are physically blocking a, a doorway, if you are, you know, destroying property within the store or within the library or whatever place it is, those are separate charges that can come out for sure. But you cannot be found criminally liable for criminal trespass in a place open to the general public. Okay, so hopefully I made that point. Um, please continue. Well, they, they actually did the criminal trespassing on the day I was going to a council meeting to talk. <clears throat> and they did it because the prior meeting, 
they started putting up this notice agenda to where we couldn't personally affront them and talk to them. Uh, said there was no cussing, anything like that. We couldn't single them out. And I basically told them it was complete bullshit. And this is America, and y'all can kiss my ass. Excuse my language. Then they got mad. Uh, and they got mad. And then the next time I came is when they served me criminal trespassing for the whole town. <clears throat> then <laughs> I got mad, so I had a peaceful protest about a month later. And these guys had the audacity to put sniper rifles on the high school near the city hall with guns pointed at us, with kids out there and everything. And then they tried to lie about it and say it was a camera. And my brother happened to go around the corner and take pictures of them video. It was, it was a sniper rifle. They had snipers up there. And then they did that again to me. When I went to vote, they put snipers on the roof, kept saying I was a threat. And every time I went to the council meetings, they would search me and only me and let everybody else walk by. And that, that still happens to this day. And then what's going viral is last month they threw me out because I called the called basically all of them POSs because I caught the chief Blanchard. Or I caught our chief. His name is Chief Blanchard. I caught him he, uh, on a Freedom Information Act. I got um, his suit. He bought a $1,247 personally fitted suit and took a trip to New York that we all paid for for vacation, basically. And I was calling him out on it, and they kicked me out. And I tried to do it again just last week with C.J. Grissom. <clears throat> and uh, they basically started out with the mayor saying, no more personal affronts. I'm going to kick you out, blah, blah, blah. Then I got up there and talked, and immediately I called Chief Blanchard a piece of shit for stealing these suits, for stealing our money, and then they threatened to kick me out. And then the mayor basically told me it's a privilege to be able to talk to him, and I just lost my cool. And then the city manager tried to get involved, and the city manager basically said that I'm doing personal affronts and I need to leave. And I said, the, and then Ram is our mayor. He tried saying that I was the defamation of character, and I said, no, what I'm telling you is 100% fact. And then the city manager said something to me again, and I said, y'all are pieces of shit. And then they threatened me, uh, threatened to arrest me under duress. And then my lawyer, CJ, went up there right after me and told him case, well, you don't call it case law, but case law, you know, he's about cussing and what you can do and can't do. And he basically read it out to him. And uh, the chief of police assaulted him at the podium, kicked him out, threatened to arrest him, and then assaulted him in the hallway. And he's a civil attorney. So then we sat outside with these other cops, and they're trying to read us the uh, our penal code, right, for disorderly conduct. And I kept telling them, no, no, you're wrong. That's not it. I didn't threaten anybody. I wasn't being sexually explicit, nothing like that. If these guys are pieces of shit, I'm going to tell them they're pieces of shit. And then me and my lawyer talked to the cops, and my lawyer's smart. He goes, is anybody going to arrest him if he goes back in there? And they said, well, he didn't get criminally trespassed because I got criminally trespassed last time, right? So we walked back in, and uh, you should have seen Chief Blanchard's face. I put it on Facebook and blew it all up, put it all over YouTube, but he was baffled that we got back in there. But they let us back in and didn't arrest us. So what does that tell you? There was never a charge. So they they went after my First Amendment right. They didn't want me talking about a suit. Right. And that's the video that went viral everywhere. Well, and it's a sad state of affairs when that's something that happens a lot. I mean, my first um, taking on the government, if you will, in a direct format was actually in that town of 5,000 people uh, that I lived in um, that my husband dragged me to. Thanks a lot. Um, And um, so it was the city manager that was um, constantly violating the rights of anybody. And I I was finding this stuff out just reading the city council packets. It was right there for anybody to read. And I didn't have to do FOIAs. I didn't have to do information requests or anything. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I had our youngest who's just turned 10 last week. Um, I had her, um, I mean, she was still so small. She was still nursing and I would go to these meetings and sit there 
And I would take my three or five minutes, whatever it was, at the podium, and I would say each week I would address a new crime that they had committed. And I would say, this is this is the law you have violated. This, these are the rights you have violated. But this is how you can fix it. I wasn't somebody that was getting up there and just threatening them and doing whatever. Not that to say that, you know, if you're um, calling them pieces of shit or whatever, that you don't have the right to do that. But I just want to be clear. I wasn't even doing that. I was going up there to say... This is how you've broken the law. This is the specific law you've broken, but mm -hmm. this is how you can address it. This is a way you can fix this. And they would try to shut us down and they wouldn't, they didn't want us going to the meetings. Uh, the city manager did, did the same she to us. Could. She even made a list. She literally made a list and she started with, it was this list of the top 11 people in town that were really, you know, three of us were attorneys and mm -hmm. the rest of us were just business owners. And she was going to stop us from going to these meetings. And what did she do? She said, well, I'm going to start with Catherine Henry and I'm going to put her at the top of my list. Well, guess what? It put me through hell, but she's not there anymore. <laughs> so and I still was until I they, voluntarily moved. So they, they, they got up there and called me the devil and the chief. And this is a councilwoman called me the devil. And I was Satan and I'm dividing the community in a meeting. And then Chief Blanchard's mom got up there and threw the Bible at me and said I was a devil and Satan trying to. And, and I, but at this time, I was actually campaigning to be the mayor. And they had police officers get up there and talk about me, which is campaign infringement. Like, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And that same uh, councilwoman sent me several cease and desist because I kept going to council meetings telling everybody that she uh, forged her. She forged her dead husband's will and stole his son's inheritance for $2 million. And she did it. And she didn't get any jail time. She settled out of court. But she kept telling me I couldn't say that. And I said, no, it's not defamation. You did it. Right. So yeah, they, they hate me. Public, public um, people that are in the public, that serve in the public, you know, or whether they're movie stars or whatever, you know, YouTube says stations, or whether it's somebody that's serving on a local township board or something like that. They're purposely putting themselves in the public eye. And so the the mm -hmm. um, standard, the bar to meet for what counts or constitutes defamation is very low in those mm -hmm. scenarios. It's not like the average person who's just Correct. somebody tries to say something about my husband who purposely doesn't say much at all in public um, in any groups of more than four people. <laughs> so, you know, they would have Smart a much higher burden of, you know, uh, to be able to overcome to say whatever they wanted to say about it. But when you're at a public meeting, if you want to say that somebody's a liar and, uh, you, you know, my friend um, Joel from Barry County, Michigan, has a very um, interesting set of uh, meetings that he's been going to at the Barry County uh, Board of Commissioners uh, where he's got this ongoing feud with them where they're trying to shut down his his rights protected under the First Amendment as well. He's calling uh, their public health department official a liar because uh, she's lied uh, in public records. She's a liar. Hears them wrong and everything. And so they're like, oh, you have this rule against public disparagement. You can't disparage. And, you know, anyway, so he's uh, he's been fighting this. I mean, I know countless people that are going through the same thing. Um, at any rate, yes, I'm glad that you're continuing to fight. Um, if your attorney uh, ever just, I don't know, might find it fun to um, have somebody tag team with them to go to a meeting or not. Hey, if you guys find a cheap flight and you want to fly me out, I'd love to go to one of those meetings. And <laughs> talk about. The I will take you up on that. Yeah, they'll, they'll wind up hating you too. And 
And like I tell her, everybody always asks me why I'm so mad. And I'm like, if you watch my first videos, I was nice, calm, and polite. And what did it get me? They came in with four arm cops and tried to bully me. And But they, I guarantee they thought I was a gym rat and stupid. And they didn't know my background was in codes. And when they came in, I kept punking them. And then I even, so Texas is a cool state, guys, if you don't know. But Texas has mutual combat. So I challenged both chiefs to mutual combat at my gym when they were raiding it. And they both declined. That's awesome. not, they're not men. It doesn't sound like anyway. Anybody yeah. who needs their mom yeah. to come to the public meeting to speak on their behalf and call their enemy the devil just to try to shut them down doesn't really strike me as a real. That's what it was. Right, so. Oh, that's what it was. They did it on purpose for the for the voters. Right. Yep. Well. Yep. Crazy. I appreciate talking to me. It was a good chat. Yes. Yes. And hopefully we can. Yes. Yeah, if you have any questions, just let me know. Yeah, let's co continue connecting in whatever ways that I could be of assistance. I'd I'd love to do that, and um, yeah, keep in touch. Well, we're getting you a plane ticket out here to come out here and talk. That's what we're going to do. That's the goal. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Do you, Thank do you, you have bail money though? You have to have enough mm. money for plane ticket and bail money. <sighs> well, if they, I doubt they'll arrest you if they haven't arrested me yet, and I call them POSs all the time. So I think you'll be fine. I don't know. I have a tendency to push buttons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Right. Sounds good. Well, thanks. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, it's my, um, my computer is telling me it's time to get ready for bed. <laughs> so, um, it looks like while we were on that last call, we had I've missed calls. One from here. Um, and let's see. Um, okay. Um, yes, Rick Martin, if you have a specific time or day or whatever you want to do um, a show talking about all things Constitution, um, by all means, I'm open to do that. You know how to reach me. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, Rick Martin says, I'm the Texas boy Michigan didn't expect to come against. Um, all right. Um, and Mitten State Media. Oh, I like that name. Um, yes, they have been very intriguing to say at least these stories. That's for sure. Um, okay. So um, I had, like I said, five missed calls uh, during the time that that last call um was coming in. So um, if you um, want to give me a call back uh, or a call, you know, we'll do this. We will do this every single, um, as long as it continues to be of service, as long as we still have people calling in and sharing their stories and asking questions and, and furthering the, the discussion on all things constitution and God-given liberties, by all means, we will continue this. Um, I just did the financial reports for the year and it was pretty abysmal. Um, so if you want me to be able to keep doing this and not it with like two um, empty cans and a, and a string in between to take the phone calls, then please consider donating. Even if you only have $5 to donate, um, please go to restorefreedomkh.com slash donate. I could use all the help I can get and uh, all these things cost money. So um 
the, from the internet to the streaming software to the software I have to use, two different sets of software to do send out our newsletters to WordPress, you name it. I'm doing it the cheapest way I possibly can and working as hard as I can, but it still costs money and obviously it takes donations to keep it going then. So um, yes, restorefreedomkh.com slash donate. Um, but keep in mind that, like I said, as long as we get people calling in and utilizing this and finding it beneficial, I will keep doing this. So what we have started to do is the second Tuesday of the month at noon, we'll still do that one. So we'll have those daytime callers like my friend Roger Sullivan from uh, the UP in Michigan, fighting the freedom fight way up there. Um, and uh, we'll do the fourth Tuesday of the month at um, 7 p.m. So the second Tuesday of the month at noon and the fourth Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. And we'll just open it up to whatever. It seems to flow this way. We seem to have people calling in. So, oh, shoot. Somebody call. Okay. I'm going to. Why? Okay. I'm going to call. I'm going to call you back. The person that just tried to call. It wasn't ringing and now it showed a whole bunch of missed calls. So I apologize for that. Um, let me see. Um, okay, is there anything I need to, looks like Andrew's stuff was commenting a bunch on um, Rumble, and let's see, thank you to Andrew for the recommendations, I'll have to take a look at that after, there's a lot that was, oh shoot, a lot that was coming in. Um, Roger Sullivan was joining us on Facebook. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us if you're still with us, Roger Sullivan. Uh, where did it go? I just shot past it? Yeah, it's gone. Where? Oh, James Powers. Running for Volusia County Sheriff. Okay, so that's who I was just going to call back. You guys should just let me call him. Jeez. Okay. So we are going to call, try to call back one more person. Last call of the evening. Um, so I'm going to take off the call. And... Hello. Hello, this is Catherine Henry. Were you trying to reach me? Yes, ma'am. All right. So <clears throat> My name is James Powers. Okay. And you're calling from Volusia County? Uh, Ormond Beach, Florida. Ormond Beach, Florida. Wow, that seems to be very close to me. So, uh, what yeah, very close. <laughs> what can we talk about? What did you want to talk about today? Well, I'm the uh, rare hat in the race to run for sheriff against Mike Chitwood. Oh, well, um, for you? Wait, are you a liberal? I'm actually a Republican. Well, are you? Sorry. Are you? Are you conservative or a constitutionalist? I believe in the constitutional law. Okay. Um, I, I believe uh, our constitution should take precedence before law should take precedence. It if that makes sense. Uh, and I feel uh, the rights of all our citizens are being violated on a daily basis. Uh, I did a little research on you. You live here in Norman, correct? I sure do. Or in Volusia County? Yes. Okay, so... My biggest points are um, the special event zone, which is violating people's Fourth Amendment right. Um, the red flag law, which is violating our first, second, fourth, and the Sixth Amendment right. Um, 
What's your opinion on that? As well, but. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many of them that violate. Well, we can't keep them all together. Well, actually, well, what's your opinion on those? Um, anyway, what, what did you say? I said, what's your opinion on those? Uh, on the like red flag those laws? laws that are being, yeah. Uh, well, red flag laws, I would say the the biggest thing that we need to keep in mind about red flag laws, um, where people are essentially out of somebody, and it depends on the state and how the statute is worded, so it could be worded a little differently in each state, but generally speaking, anybody could have, and usually it can even be somebody anonymous, can have some sort of a complaint about the mental stability of somebody and say that they think that they might be at risk for harming themselves or others. And therefore, if you have a red flag law in place, that means that person has to have immediately law enforcement's going to go and confiscate all of their weapons. And then the person has to have an uphill battle to fight and prove that no, nothing's wrong with me to just to be able to get their weapons back. And um, so in general, that's what the red flag laws are all about. Um, the the biggest concern, to, well, yeah, I would say this is the biggest because without due process, you can't really exercise the rest of them. I would say the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments protections of our right to due process of law is a huge, um, it's, it's drastically impacted by red flag laws because there's literally no due process. They literally jump right to fast forward it's like you know whatever the terms are in monopoly you know where you collect two hundred dollars and you pass this and do uh, that. yeah go straight to jail yeah yeah it's exactly what that's like they're saying well let's just forget having any kind of criminal process whatsoever because generally speaking now it could be different in each state but also generally speaking these are civil <clears throat> matters supposedly and not even done through criminal proceedings um, so then they're allowed to skirt around even more protections that are guaranteed under the Sixth Amendment, which is our, our rights as a criminal defendant. Um, but at any rate, the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments guarantee us that due process of law. And so when you have red flag laws put into place and your rights are taken away, your your um, your firearms or your knives or whatever it is that you have to um, be able to protect yourself, your family and your community, um, and then you have to come up, shell out money and, and take time and, and go to appointments or do this or that or submit evidence just to be able to prove that nothing is your innocence is. Yeah. Just to be able to prove your innocence and that and whatever the allegations are are bogus. Um, that is I mean, it's just flies in the face of everything that the due process clause in both the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments is all about. Um, but you also have issues of. You know, there's, there's, um, I'll say to a lesser degree, the Eighth Amendment is implicated because, you know, there's a a prohibition against um, cruel and unusual punishment and um, unreasonable excessive fines. Um, Those are things that are implicated when you have, you know, think of how much money you have to dole out in some of these proceedings uh, just to be able to, you know, put your evidence together, put your proof together. Or, you know, if it's a civil proceeding, I could tell you that in Florida, for example, this was a shock to me when we moved here recently that in Florida, y- you are responsible for literally paying a court reporter to be present unless it's a, a criminal proceeding. And I want to say it might even have to be the higher level criminal proceedings where the, the state. I spent $5,600 for a court reporter in a custody battle Yeah, here in Volusia County. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've already uh, but, spent thousands of dollars myself. In fact, I'm waiting for a court reporter to give me transcripts from our 
appellate hearing that we just had a couple weeks ago uh, because wouldn't you know the city of Ormond Beach is, is trying to come after me and, and trying to violate the, the Fourth Amendment and the Eighth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment and, you know, a few others. Oh, ma'am, the city of Ormond Beach, please just give me a call tomorrow. I will teach you how to shut them down. <laughs> it's a... Uh, uh, if you've just moved here, this is a good old boy community, oh. which it needs to start changing. Oh, yes. I, I I've been here for over... I've been here pretty much my whole life in the same neighborhood. Uh, that's why I'm running for sheriff because we have Mike Scudero that's on the planning board in Ormond Beach, which is also a campaign manager for half of Ormond Beach City Council. He's also the campaign manager for half of the county council. If you hire him, you get Mike Chitwood's endorsement. <clears throat> Mike Chitwood's the sheriff. So I'm basically running for sheriff just for the simple fact of to start bringing all these things to light and to start seeing people's rights are being violated, you know constitutional laws being violated. I mean, besides the fact that I, I didn't finish answering your question about, you know, all the I understand. I apologize. wrong with the with red flag laws or the even the other issue you mentioned. But uh, it just occurred to me, for those of you who don't know. Um, our sheriff, Chitwood, is a real piece of work. He's a Republican, but he's a real piece of work. And I No, he's wish... not. He's a registered independent. Oh, is he? Oh, I thought he was a Republican. Yeah. But at any rate, he's, <laughs> no. he's special. And I would think, I mean, if I were running for office down here, I wouldn't seek his endorsement. In fact, if he endorsed me, I would be embarrassed and I would hide that from people. I wouldn't tell my voter base, hey... Shit would endorse me. You gonna vote for me? I'd be like, preach it, Ooh. preach it. Yeah. So I, that's disgusting. But uh, you know, too many voters just it's it's the good old boy network. It's it's you know, let's not do our own research. Let's not do our own homework. Let's you know, it's that mindset of well, we need to get our permission to do this, and we need to get permission to do that. And who do we get permission from? Well, we have to look to those in government. Oh, well, the sheriff is one of them. You know. So obviously, whatever the sheriff wants to do, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty hard. Well, the, the sheriff, what, what people what people are understanding is the sheriff is an elected official. He's a politician. He's basically a manager. That's all he is. And since Amendment 10, we have gave anyone that's a narcissist complete control. And Chitwood is a narcissist, a dictator. And after Amendment 10, we gave him complete control to where all he does is pushes violations. I mean, he started doing it when he was the chief of police in Daytona Beach, when he was doing the uh, red light camera. And now he's just escalated and escalated and escalated to where if it doesn't affect you personally, you think it's fine. Does it make sense? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, unfortunately there's far too many uh, in law enforcement that view their jobs that way. So it's, it's rare. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but it, what it takes, though, is people like you who are willing to stand up and to shed light on things. I mean, when I was running for office, when I was running for office most recently um, in 2020, I was running for, um, I ended up getting voted on to state committee uh, for the Michigan Republican Party and also to the Georgetown Township Board. 
And the thing is, I didn't want to do either one of those. Um, I didn't literally do anything. I went to one event for two hours to talk to voters for the township uh, because the rest of our slate of candidates um, was doing, you know, they were going to be there and, and I, I went there. Um, and for the um, the Michigan Re Republican Party, I was also asked to be as part of a slate for a state committee woman, and I ended up sending out one email, and that's, that's what I did. Um, didn't do any door knocking, didn't whatever, you know. And anyway, um, certainly didn't raise funds. I didn't spend any money doing anything uh, for either one of those. And the thing is, um, you know, when people would say, oh, well, that's that's the person that I mean, at the time, I, I think I had well enough press. You know, I was I was the main attorney fighting the entire government of Michigan uh, trying to shut down the state illegally and unconstitutionally. So I wasn't too worried about that. But, um, you know, it's it, it was like a, a, a people who are running office, running for office who have secrets who have things to hide, maybe they shouldn't be running for office. But if people want to ask me about, you know, being a homeschooling parent or the fact that I, you know, I've been divorced and, you know, Mike and I have now been married for 12 years or, you know, that whatever the, I don't know. Um, you know, I had my first I, I, I have zero, zero secrets. Right. I mean, I'm a very upfront person. Like they, like, like so our Republican party here locally which I think is a disgrace. Our Republican Party is getting very, very weak. Um, you know, they tried to plaster my criminal record all over social media. It's like, yep, that's me. Sure is. <laughs> but yeah. look at the dispositions. Right, exactly. I look was, how they ended up. I was arrested violently <laughs> you know? for a crime in 2020, but hey, I was elected on the same day. And, you know, <laughs> it wasn't my wrongdoing. And I'd be willing to do it again because... I was standing for freedom. I was standing for the Constitution, and I was the wall in between me and the voters who called me to have the, me represent them as an attorney. I was there as their attorney, and these jackasses still, still decided that they wanted to um, violently arrest me in front of my then six-year-old daughter. So it's it's just disgusting. But that's yeah, yeah. unacceptable. So, but it takes but, people like I, you. Uh, that are willing to you know, be like, hey, I'm I'm an open book. I've got nothing to hide. I'm here because I have a purpose. And my purpose is to protect our constitutional, um, constitutionally protected God-given rights. I'm, I'm here to defend that. I'm here to defend those limit, limitations on government officials, that kind of thing. So um, the problem is, is people don't understand that. Like, you, you know, you, you have people that uh, go to the Ormond Beach city council meetings, city commission meetings, rather. Yeah. And you're asked to give your name you're asked to give your address. And as of a month ago, if you didn't, and they could find you in the water bill section, they were posting it in the minutes. You have school board members telling parents, I wish you lost your constitutional rights as you walk through the door. You have county council members stating, um, I don't want any videotaping in chambers anymore, you know, in the open forum anymore because you guys are editing the videos it's when is it all going to stop like who who's going to be the one to stand up and stop all the corruption as a constitutional sheriff it's all of us chitwood should be mandating this i mean we have all the grooming books that the school board thinks nope they have to be 
you know, you have to talk about them three times before we're going to pull them out. And they're still arguing about it. And now the school board here in Volusia County wants to do improper searches. You know, that's the next vote. I don't know if you've been following that. Shitwood, no response. Yeah, no, Excuse me. I have not been uh, up to speed on that, but I, I know that um, Moms for Liberty has been fighting on the, the, the school book uh, issue for quite a while down here. So um, it's disgusting. Yeah, the newest is just last week. It's uh, they want to start doing the. They're going to vote to search any parent or child at any school or school event. They just have, you know, we can just search it, which they tried that a couple of years ago and it didn't pass. But it, it's just a lot of a lot of things going on that somebody's got to stand up. People have to start speaking out. I've talked to FBI agents. I've talked to lots of local law enforcement. And they're all saying, you're on the right path. Do I have the credentials for it? Absolutely not. Do I have the heart to stand up for our constitutional rights? 100%. Right. And that's where we just need more people to stand up and not be afraid and, you know, not worry about their freedom, fight for their freedom. Well, and that if makes you can sense. pass the, the firearms um, requirements, then you'd be leagues ahead of our current sheriff. So... You know, that shouldn't be 100%, sweetheart. <laughs> you do do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, a little, but um, yeah, I don't know that I could run for sheriff because it's been too long since we've been able to get anywhere to get some shooting in. But uh, if you know of a good place locally here, hit me up. I'd love to go. My husband and I would, would love to get back to uh, making sure we're not too. There's busy. lots of local. There's lots of local places. The one thing is, is never tell anyone you're holding a gun. Never tell anyone how many guns you have. And I don't believe in registering guns. <laughs> like, it's, uh, you, you believe the, in the Second Amendment yes. and the Fourth Amendment? What? Yeah, I do. Crazy, right? <laughs> how ridiculous. Well, well, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and I very much so enjoyed the opportunity. I wish I would have been able to speak to you earlier. Um, yes, sorry our mutual that. friend. Um, oh, no, you're all good. I was. Give me just one second. I have, um, there's a note here. I want to make sure it wasn't a question for you. Is that, what, what is that about? Am I supposed to ask him yeah. about this? What do you want me to ask? Okay. Is this your question? Okay. My husband has a question for you. Awesome. So, um, and he's, of course, a prospective voter as well. Um, so if you were elected as sheriff, um, he wants to know, first of all, have you heard of the organization, um, the Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association? I'm going to be honest with you. I won't answer stuff that I'm not 100% knowledgeable about, but I have read about the Constitutional Sheriff bylaws. Um, and there's so many articles out there right now. I'm not familiar with that exact question and I don't want to, you know. So check it out. CSPOA, Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association. Um, I'm an honorary member. They had me come out and speak at their annual event in September. Oh, then yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been doing a lot of research on you today. That's one. Yeah. Um, I do have to. 
because your husband's part of a board in uh, Michigan uh, election something. Are you talking about a Facebook group that he has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only way to research anybody real quick. Oh. <laughs> you know, I work all day. Well, it's not a board. It's himself. That's just. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hey, t tell him tell him the optics look great because I thought he had a thousand members. Right. So. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, yeah, and our lives are an open. Well, you know, shoot, the easiest way to find information out about me is go to my website because most everything I try to put on there, I just haven't had the time to put everything. But um, but anyway, it, I had like a thousand feet of stone to do on a pool today, and was like on my phone setting it down, you know. But I did try. I didn't hear about you till this morning, so. I've been causing trouble here in Norman Beach for quite a while. <laughs> That's what I, I don't understand how we haven't met each other. Like everybody hates me in Norman. <laughs> they hate me, but love me. And I'm still going to live right here in my same neighborhood since I was 14. <laughs> so. Well, I definitely look forward to meeting you, um, to, to you as well as to anybody else who is thinking about uh, joining in law enforcement in some way, shape or form, or perhaps you already are. Um, if you haven't already heard of it, please check out uh, the CSPOA, Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association. Uh, it's a great organization. Uh, I have several friends who are sheriffs that are part of the organization. Um, and uh, it's, he, I think he does some trainings and stuff like that. It's, it's, it was created by a sheriff who I can't Richard Mack, yes. Um, Sheriff Richard Mack. C-S-P-O-A. C-S-P-O-A. Yeah. All right. I think I'm in the house and wrote it down. So if, uh, if you think of connecting with me, though, on any of these other freedom fighting issues and you haven't heard from me within the next few days or a week, by all means, uh, reach back out to me. Uh, I'd love to connect. So. Definitely. I'll probably just knock on your guys' door. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I'll just make right. sure that you don't look like you're coming from the city because otherwise it's going to get ugly. I'm a shaved head with a goatee. I'm definitely not a city worker. <laughs> okay. But it was a pleasure getting to meet with you guys, do a little insight. Um, hopefully next time we can uh, have a little more dialogue and I'll be more prepared and planned. Sure. But I definitely want to get my name out there and speak with you guys and meet you. Sounds good. Hope you all have a great evening. Yes, you too. It was nice to meet you over the phone, and I'll look forward to meeting you in person. All right. Have a great evening. Thank yes, you. You too. Bye. Oh. All right. So I have switched the screen because now that I've been on here for two and a half hours, I'm not going to take any more calls. I do see that while I was on that call, I did have another call coming through. Um, please try to call in the next time we do it. If you're only available in the evenings, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month at seven that we're able to do the evenings. I really, honestly, I hate doing the evenings because, um, like, of course, tonight my daughter's, um, basketball season started. And so I had to bribe my son to taking her to <laughs> basketball. Um, but I don't like to have to miss those moments just to, you know, do my work. So at any rate, um, the uh, I can't do any more than just the one evening show. 
but um, the second Tuesday of the month at noon is the other opportunity to call in, ask constitutional questions. Uh, we could brainstorm. I may not always know the answer, but I think you guys, if you've been watching this whole show, you know by now, um, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you I don't know the answer. If I haven't heard anything you know, of a particular topic, I'm not going to BS you. I'm going to do my best to use common sense and logic and the Constitution and the things that I know to piece things together, but I'm not going to make something up. So by all means, bring your constitutional questions in um, either the second Tuesday of the month at noon or the fourth Tuesday of the month at seven. Um, please do consider donating. If you are somebody who's really thinking about, maybe you just recently heard about what happened to me in Allegan County um, in, um, on election day, 2020, and you know, you're disgusted at what they did and, you know, shocked that they would do that to an attorney, let alone a constitutional attorney. Uh, the whole circumstance of everything was just dumbfounding. Um, please consider donating specifically to that. Or if you just want to see this freedom fight going on and see me be uh, able to continue to afford, uh, having my internet connected and have to pay for the streaming software and sending my weekly newsletters out, that kind of thing. Um, please consider donating um, just to our general fund so I can keep that stuff going. Um, that's RestoreFreedomKH.com, uh, RestoreFreedomKH.com slash donate. Uh, please feel free to check out any kind of, any topic, especially if you were trying to call in tonight and you had a question and we weren't able to get to you. Um, go ahead and, and think of whatever your search terms would be, just like it would be Google. Go to my website, RestoreFreedomKH.com. Go to that search bar and type in whatever topic you have. And I'm constantly trying to get more material on there. And eventually we will um, have, you know, everything that I intend to. But I have hundreds of pages of legal documents. I have briefs. I have motions. I have videos. I have PowerPoint presentations. I've got all kinds of things right on that website. Quick little handouts about things. All kinds of topics from masks to the jab to... Um, criminal trespass in a, uh, in a publicly accessible location, Eighth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Second Amendment, um, right to life, you name it. I have all kinds of stuff on there, and I'm constantly looking to get more information uh, on there available to you guys. So, um, um, so anyway, um, Sunday nights, Rick Martin, you're killing me. I can't do Sunday nights. Oh, Lord, no, I hate nights. I hate nights. Um, but at any way, um, yeah, well, the CSPOA also, it's, it's not a, somebody saying they've done nothing to rein in, uh, Chitwood, who is our sheriff on, on what he's been doing to violate constitutionally protected rights around here. Um, they don't have authority. I mean, it's, it's a guiding organization, quite frankly. Yes, they could use some more gumption and try to actively, uh, do things to strong arm or encourage anyway uh, um, chiefs of police or uh, sheriffs around the country to do the right thing and follow the constitution. But, you know, they have limited resources as well, although they have exponentially more resources than I do. But at, at any rate, they're, they're trying to do um, essentially the same kinds of things that we're trying to do, educate and empower people to understand about the constitution. So, um, yes, and Rick Martin is also mentioning my good friend, Darleaf, who is the sheriff of Barry County. I was actually on the phone with him at the time that the incident was happening at the start of the Allegan County trespass case in 2020 when I was illegally and unconstitutionally arrested. But um, at any rate, so uh, please make sure to hit that like button if you haven't already. Uh, subscribe and hit the notification button if you haven't done that yet. 
If you want to sign up for our weekly newsletter, you can do that. I want to say it's in the footer of almost any page of our website, or you could go to resources or a bunch of other ways you could get there. Uh, easiest might just be at the foot, uh, the footer of our website. There's an easy button just to fill in. Give me, give me your name, give me your email address so I know who you are, and um, I can put you in there and send you our weekly newsletter. And I, I don't, it's not a long newsletter normally. It's, it's what what the most important things are that I've been posting throughout the week, the links to the videos, uh, and typically um, an individualized message that just goes out there that didn't get posted elsewhere. So anyway, um, all right. Um, thank you to all of you. I can't even see all the names now um, of those of you who are um, uh, commenting and, and being supportive throughout the whole show this evening. Thank you for joining. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for calling in. Uh, man, this is crazy because I've never had an evening where I've had this many calls. I bet there were, I bet there were a hundred calls. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. <laughs> That's a lot of calls tonight. So, um, thank you for trying to get through and thank you for being patient with me at the beginning when the technology was not doing me any favors. So I'm going to constantly do what I can to try to revise and do better on the technology, but it is what it is when you have a budget the size of a dirty shoestring, I guess. <laughs> a, a dirty, uh, small child's used shoe, <laughs> shoestring. So anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so, um, all right. Thank you, everyone. I hope you all have a wonderful evening and um, we will see you next time as well. I don't know how to end the show. Where'd it go? <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Our work to restore freedom would not be possible without support from people just like you. From the various software and hardware needed to the legal research materials, every dollar you can donate helps. Make sure to like and share this video, too. And remember to follow and subscribe and click that notification button. Together, we can restore freedom.